0: We're back. You miss us? Nah. <laughs> well, we missed you guys. It was weird not having a show last week. <laughs> I gotta say, having two weeks off from doing Game Face after we had done I don't know how many episodes in a row every week. Oh yeah, like we don't do that a couple very often. dozen. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird not coming in and doing the show.
1: Well, minus the period where the equipment had been stolen
0: yeah yeah that's a good point but that, that I, was that
1: wasn't really time off
0: I, yeah no. I had other things to worry about yeah, during that period <laughs> this was just like I mean I had other things to worry about at this point too working on new shows and everything but uh, it was a little weird I will say this much though you know looking at what everyone else talked about last week most of it was what we had talked about on game face mm. before like on the Thursday before and even like the topics this week so far for a lot of podcasts that have come out are things we've already covered on the show so that just goes to show you that one, there's not much going on, and two, we chose a really good time to take a week
1: off. Yeah, it's coming I mean, it's July.
0: <laughs> and still today, putting together this show was not the easiest. Uh, we do have plenty of topics to talk about. Lots of little things, though, not, not a bunch of mm-hmm. big stuff. That's about to change pretty soon, though. Uh, I got an email about uh, Deus Ex Mankind <laughs> Divided Code today. Ooh. That game's coming soon. That's pretty exciting. Obviously, No Man's Sky, if they don't get sued mm-hmm. out of
1: business. Nah, that was, that was, all, <laughs> well, because, that was all nonsense.
0: Well, now know there's a new law lawsuit. Did you see this? Yeah. Over the but algorithm?
1: I, yeah, I saw, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, th- those guys just want to look at their code. Yeah. They're like, oh, we think it's our algorithm, but we don't have any proof of that, and we haven't seen the code, so we don't know, but we'd sure like to see the code. Like that's They just so want to look at the code. So basically they, they want to, the to figure,
0: see if they can make their code better. By looking and they at their probably want to
1: see if they can make a claim and maybe get some license money. I, that, that, to me... I don't believe. I don't believe this news. Basically, I don't. That really like smells funny to me. Yeah. It's like also you wait until now to say that. It's like because the the quote the the quote they're pointing out from Sean Murray is from like February or something. It's like oh, and it took you what six months to get around to be like oh, we think that no, they're making their own game and they want to see what they did. If if it is, I think they're
0: making a game. They're like scholars, aren't they? Don't they work
1: in like physics or something? Yeah, but they're licensing stuff. And I mean, look. It's very hard to patent math. It is. So, yeah. well, it, I think they just want to see what this thing is. Yeah. And if it I mean, I'm sure if it is something they I mean, that that would be a very interesting legal battle. It would. But yeah. um it's not going to stop the release of the game. Like yeah. it's it's I'm sure I'm sure you know Sony's lawyers or whoever is involved has has done the research on this. You don't just you don't just do an international video game launch without running it through legal to some degree.
0: Yeah. So before we move on too much further, I want to show you guys something. Uh, First of all, I want to say one thing I've learned over the last year plus working on Sifted is that a lot of the people, a lot of you sifters are really freaking talented. (laughs) Like, for instance, we've been working on our achievements and one of our users, Sound Wizard, created the jingle for our achievements. Literally, like I mentioned it on the show. I got home, they were in my inbox already. And they're great. Like with The one that I chose, I chose from like 10 different jingles or whatever. Like He did an amazing job. Uh, Vin Hill, obviously you guys know him from the podcast Reload, the Pacific community podcast. Uh, he's also an amazing artist. He's been cranking through our achievement icons like you wouldn't believe. Every day I wake up, there's another 10 or 15 there. I have no idea how he gets them done so fast. And so, on that note, this week, one of our users sent me an art print of art that he does. And uh, he let me pick from his collection of stuff that he does, which one I wanted. Uh, his name is Sorphir on the site, and this is the print that he sent in. I don't know if there's going to be too much glare on it for you guys to see it. But it's a really, really cool Shadow of the Colossus print. And of course the mailman folded the damn thing in half, which really pisses me off. But uh, he sent this into, uh, into Sifted, and just want to say thank you very much and show it to all you other Sifters. Uh, maybe a little inspiration for some of you guys. But yeah, you guys are a really, really talented and dedicated lot and so thank you very much sore thank you to sound wizard for creating the jingle thanks to vin hill obviously he's been doing great stuff for the site all along so kudos to you sifters you guys are amazing uh a couple small things i want to talk about before we get to the big six a couple little topics uh pokemon live action movie signed by legendary pictures yep so as soon as the pokemon go phenomenon really hit hard uh Everybody went after Nintendo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> They're like, "Hey." It's like, "Hey, you got a thing that people like. Why don't we make a movie mm. about that thing?" And this that is you the like? Detective
1: Pikachu thing, right?
0: Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> So the funny part wow. is is that like live action Pikachu has already been done kind of. Like they made this trailer for a Detective Pikachu, which mm-hmm. is a 3DS game. Uh, and it already kind of shows you what a live action, look at that. How re- <laughs> it's just <laughs> It's really bizarre. But this is what we're gonna get from Legendary Pictures in the not too distant future. I'm sure it'll be like a,
1: it'll tie into Pokemon Go, and it'll be like, a, oh, someone, did, you know, it's like that that girl who discovered a body, yeah. playing Pokemon Go. I'm sure it'll jump off from something like that.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna talk about Pokemon Go again later on in the show for the last time, I promise. But it's just something that's just too freaking big to only talk about once. So we'll talk about it again here in a bit. But Matt, can you see any way that this movie would be good?
1: Uh, never say never. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, usually when you deal with like a, a licensed property with a controlling company the way Nintendo and Game Freak are um, There's too many cooks in the kitchen to really make the story what it needs to be uh, Warcraft But, um, I mean, it could be Like, I'm not gonna, you know, and, you know, it doesn't need to be good to be a hit uh, Although, as as we saw on Sifted this week um, the new Pokemon animated movie in Japan is not doing so much with, yeah. with the good, although ru- rumor is it's not very good to begin with. So is that, that X, probably... Y, and Z?
0: Is that what it's called? No, nah, it's
1: like uh, H- Hata Mata. I don't remember. What it's... <laughs> it, I, I don't. I don't know. You tried. I don't, I, but it's like whatever. the It's like the. The best Pokemon performance, uh, movie performance in Japan was like 34 million opening weekend or something, and like the the new one was like 1.8 or oh, something. Oh wow, that's really bad. I mean, <laughs> they've apparently been making these movies continually. <laughs> there still, are tons of them. Yeah. But like, I didn't know that. You know, yeah. I don't watch it. They never come. Movie. Most of them
0: don't come to the U.S. So. Or they
1: they hit direct to DVD or whatever, and or direct to Netflix maybe. I don't know. Um, I'm sure the kids managed to see them one way or the other, but I have not been keeping up. Yeah,
0: I think Um, I've seen like two Pokemon movies maybe,
1: ever. I I saw the Mewtwo one back in the day, and I think that's the only one I've ever seen. I don't... I was a little old for the anime. I played the games, I like the (laughs) games, but you're not going to get me to care about the anime, really.
0: Yeah, unlike a lot of Nintendo stuff, it's the movies really don't kind of span the gap between the young and old. Like, Nintendo's mm-hmm. games. Like, a kid can play them and love them, an adult can oh, play yeah. them and love them. But, yeah, the Pokemon cartoons and movies and things like that, mm-hmm. like, they really are targeted towards... There aren't even... There's no innuendo in there. There's no kind of... Nudges or elbows to the ribs. No, there's no like, like
1: DreamWorks or yeah. Pixar kind of angle to it. I mean, there could be. You know, they could bring that kind of sensibility to this Detective Pikachu idea. Uh, <laughs> think about it, Detective possible, Pikachu.
0: I mean, everyone hey, clamoring for Danny DeVito to. Vo- <laughs> <watch Pikachu. laughs>
1: Dumber things have been hits in film. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. It's it's you know, it, it, I'm not going to naysay it in terms of like, oh, this is doomed. Uh, it's probably going to be dumb.
0: I think it's doomed. I think it's pretty much doomed. (laughs) I don't
1: think it might be doomed to be a dumb movie. The kids will love it. I'm not going to say it's doomed to be... Unsuccessful. A a flop. Right, right. Oh, I
0: think, yeah, I mean... it depends on how long it takes them to get out, get the movie out.
1: And if you market that right, and if Pokemon Go hasn't burned itself out by then, which it probably, which it probably will, have. Maybe will. Yeah. I mean, I heard there, I heard like the rumor is that every six months they're going to add a new generation of Pokemon to this thing. Yeah. Uh, if they keep it up there, if they get the trading in, if they get, you know, if they keep giving the players something to do, yeah, then they can probably because like so. retention so far is way above a normal, yeah. you know, flash in the pan app. So. We'll see how it goes. I got. I tell you the. Because you know, the next I Pokemon live right near... game comes
0: out at the end of the year, so they're not going to have that. I yeah, mean... but if they're
1: smart, there'll be some kind of tie-in. Like
0: oh, there will be with with Pokemon Go. Yeah. I think they've already mentioned a couple things they're going to do. But what I'm saying is like if you want that. Sort of shoulder marketing for the film next mm-hmm. year. It's not really going to be there. And it? art,
1: can they get it done that fast? Is right. the other question. I mean, that's. It may
0: not even come out until twenty eighteen. I mean, twenty
1: eighteen right? is. More, I mean, two years is your kind of rule of thumb for a big motion picture, yeah. especially one that's going to require CG work like that with I mean,
0: live action. With live action, you know, like a Roger really Rabbit situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Anyway, one of the things that was announced this it's week. It's
1: hilarious, though. I mean.
0: Yeah. Another small announcement this week: Dead Rising remasters. First game, second game, the remixed version of the second game where you play Frank West, all mm. three of them are being remastered for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PC. Is is there really any point in this? Do you feel like these games are beloved enough that
1: people are really going to get behind remasters of them? I would think not, but I don't know. I don't care about Dead Rising that much. I played them. Yeah. They're fine. In my opinion,
0: lot. my favorite one, I don't. it's probably not the best one, but my favorite one's still the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it could be just be that the experience was new and
0: fresh and playing as a photographer was something we hadn't done for a long time no, well, I mean
1: it's like well, I like Frank better than the other yeah. characters i mean I, no, I like the guy here's the thing I didn't like Dead Rising Three very much, but I did like the main character in that a lot he's a
0: motocross no the motocross guy was a one. that was one. the second one he, yeah. he
1: this guy i don't remember exactly what he did, but he was like he was like oddly emotionally intelligent for a for a mainstream video game yeah. like he was a very nice man which I thought was like Kind of cool, you know, like because the guy in the in the previous one is your standard, like I'm a motocross guy and needs to rescue my daughter kind of thing. Right. And then Frank West is just sort of a freelance dickhead. Yeah. And like, although that's kind of part of his appeal. <laughs> it I mean, is, I mean yeah. um, but like, I really liked the guy in Dead Rising Three, and that was pretty much the only thing I liked about Dead Rising Three. I found it very bland and kind of I never of finished gray. it. No, neither did I. Um, yeah. So I like. You know, it was one I of also like you exclusive. Yeah. Launch games for Xbox. I also one. like Dead Rising One the best because it's you know, it takes place in the mall, it's got that you know the dawn of the dead tie in to yeah. it. You know, it's and it was sorta of that first time when like it's like, Oh my god, look at all the things on screen, you know, yeah. and and yeah, I played that one. I finished it a couple of times. I got most of the achievements. I got the Mega Man outfit. I did, you know, I did the whole nine yards. A lot of people did. Yeah, of I one, played so. the crap out of that. game. Uh, but as such, I do not feel like putting myself through that again. Yeah, so, I don't either.
0: Well, I mean, I would assume, yeah, you know, there was a lot of weird, like, quirks with the game yeah. that made it a pain in the butt to well, play. Well, I mean, look,
1: man, I did the, I did that stupid achievement where you had to get like nine people following him at the same time or something, yeah. and not let them all die. I mean, I was, <laughs> I, I was ready to snap some discs in half by the end of that. And, like, like I might consider it if there was some kind of, like, weirdo casual mode where you get to turn the timer off on stuff. But, like, it, like I just found that game kind of stressful.
0: I just find this whole thing, it's just Capcom trying to make money off of little to no work. Yeah. Which seems to be that publisher's Maximo MO. Maximo
1: remasters, you, ugh, like... I don't want to play Dead Rising again, but I'd play Maximo again.
0: Yeah, I probably would too. And actually, that game was on PlayStation 2, so it would yeah. actually benefit a little more from mm-hmm. a remaster, more than more so than games from Like, even 10. just
1: a PlayStation 4, you know, PSN classic right. thing, I would take. Like a backwards I, yeah. compatible thing, you mean. Yeah, I, I would be fine with that, but I'd just like to play Maximo again. Yeah. I mean, I know I could just turn on the PS2, but, like, it's like... It uh you know I like having the trophies. I like having the 1080p, you know, blow up. It's fun.
0: It's weird to think back to when Capcom was a real publisher. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't been that long ago where Capcom would release like 3 or 4 brand new games a year. Mm-hmm. Not remasters, brand new games I a know, year. It's
1: just uh, you remember that period where they're just like going crazy like Putting out like weird shit like yeah. Shadow of Rome and stuff like where it's yeah. like what the hell is this? It's like here's our ultra violent like Roman game for Westerners. I'm just like okay, what are you? I don't know what you're doing, but well, I like, games like Okami, I like it's like like Okami. Yeah. They
0: never put a game out like that now. No. Like never, beautiful that's Joe. Never, yeah. I mean it, that's just not happening anymore. Piano yeah. Three. I mean you can no. just go on and on like all those games that type those types of games. Capcom will never make them again. It's really no.
1: It's like Street Fighter and constant uh, half-hearted attempts at Resident Evil. Yeah.
0: They're actually kind of turning into, like, Microsoft in a little bit, Mm. in some ways. So, yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I'm certainly not all that excited for the Dead Rising remasters. Doesn't sound like you are either,
1: Matt. Not really. I mean, Uh, I I hope people that didn't play them before get to play them now, but I'm probably not going to be doing it.
0: Yep. Uh, Another small story from the last week plus. This actually broke, like, the day we recorded the last episode, so it is kind of old news. Evolve going free-to-play uh players have eclipsed a million total players since mm-hmm. they made the change to free to play so at least in the short term it appears the strategy is working yeah
1: i played it a little bit i never played it outside of like e3 or something i never played it. you at never home. played the
0: base game the no. original version of it
1: because i i decided not to pay for it because... i played it
0: for i don't know four or five days mm-hmm. but The game is so dependent upon other people on your team, not just knowing what they're supposed to do, but doing it well, that it just became frustrating. I just found myself just either Mm -hmm. running after the monster the whole time, or running from the monster the whole time.
1: They've added a lot of stuff in the free-to-play version where, like, to try to mitigate that problem, because it used to to be, like, with the monster you just hide for, like, the whole thing. By the time you, like, you know, decided to reveal yourself and and meet the other players you were so powerful that they were going to have a whole Really hard time taking you down. Um, they've mitigated a lot of that now in in the new version, but, like, I played a little bit of the free-to-play one uh, last week, and basically after about ten minutes, I'm just like, why am I not playing Overwatch?
2: Yeah. You know?
1: And, like, I like the asynchronous multiplayer idea. I like the whole... I like the concept of evolve a lot. I really so like it when I played it at E3 the and, though, and PAX, but, like... I just, this this is not it doesn't work. I'm glad they've found like a way to kind of inject new life into it because it's got a lot more people playing it now and that's yeah. very obvious, but like it, that did, happens it when didn't things are free. Me. Yeah, true. <laughs> we'll see how long that holds, but like it didn't hook me again.
0: Well, they did announce like a new hunter today for the game. Yeah, uh, that they're adding. I mean, I, he looked just like everybody else. He's a trapper, so he actually traps a creature. Yeah,
1: that is also a problem. It's like none of, very few of the characters stand out.
0: No, they have no personality whatsoever. And that ended up being, for me, the biggest problem with the base game was that, like, the trappers never knew how to trap. It was like it just took too much coordination among several people who have never played video games together before and didn't have headsets and... Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's just, at a certain point, asymmetrical multiplayer is expecting too much from the player. I think that's Maybe. the problem. And like some people just want to go and just shoot things and then sign out mentally.
1: Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's better if you have like a group of people, but like everyone I knew bought it on Xbox One, and I was in my phase where I'm just like, that's inferior. Like, right. I, think, I, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I wanted it on PlayStation 4, yeah. and I didn't have the PC to run it at the time. So I, I just sort of ended up not playing it. Yeah, you know, so, so that was the end of it.
0: I don't know if any of y'all have jumped back in. I don't see myself getting back into the game at all. But yeah,
1: I mean they've done. A l- I, I, kudos to them. This is not like a oh we're just going to flip a couple switches and hope it. I mean they revamped this thing. Yeah, like top to bottom. And so you know kudos to them for really not giving up on
0: it. I do. I do admire the fact that they haven't given up on their game. I don't know if it was the right move.
1: Yeah, sometimes you got to you know no one to hold them, no one to fold them. Yeah. Uh, one could say, but I mean for now it seems to be paying off for them.
0: Well, with players, does that equal number that does it that equal revenue?
1: Usually, to yeah. some degree. I yeah. don't know how long that graveyard train is going to last. Like, you, like we said, you know, maybe this is just a week of people coming back because it's free, and then they will be like, well, back to Overwatch. You know? Yeah.
0: We also don't know how much time they spent working on this. If yeah. they managed to get this up and running in a few months, that mm-hmm. makes sense. If and they've I, been working on this for the past year, it may not.
1: And I know people. Some people were annoyed that like they took all the varied modes out, and it's just the one basic, you know. Uh, Hunters versus monster mode now, and that's people, probably
0: a good idea. Though. Probably, I mean,
1: you know, yeah, focus on what the game is really supposed to do, and hopefully, and everyone can learn
0: how to play it right. well enough so that it's actually like a functional mode. Because that was not the case with the base evolve. But
1: I do sympathize with some of the you know the people who bought like the eighty dollars super collector edition ultimate thing, and now it's like here's some extra skins. Yeah, it's just yeah. like oh, <laughs> yeah. buyer beware. Yeah
0: uh let 's see a new overwatch character was finally released mm-hmm. uh, on p c at least still not available on consoles uh anna mm. she 's a sniper, a sniper
1: support character. Have you played with her yet I have not yeah uh, my girlfriend has what she, does she, she think she, she she likes her she more likes her because she 's Farrah's mother right um <laughs>
0: It's funny how she
1: looks uh, at it. It's Well, it's more of like, you know, there's a, <laughs> a lot there's thing. a lot of people in this game who are more into the lore than anything else. Yeah. And, um, but I like her, you know, she looks cool. I like the idea of a healing sniper is pretty neat. It's pretty
0: odd, um, yeah.
1: And, you know, there's things that I really appreciate about this game in terms of the attention to detail on things where, like, um, especially the, the things the characters say to each other. So, like, so she's Farah's mother, right? And Pharaoh when she does her, uh, you know, her ultimate, when she does the, the missile thing, she's yeah. She, she says She old. says something like, you know, you know, justice or whatever, and if Anna shoots her with the sleep dart while she's doing her ultimate, Anna says, I think it's time for justice to take a nap. <laughs> I'm like, just the context sensitivity yeah, of that yeah. is, I mean, that's really good. Like, that whole
0: game, though, is like that, though. Yeah. Like, that's I mean, what's it's really Blizzard's cool about it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just the weapons in the game. Like, to me, that game, graphically, the weapons are, like, the highlight of the yeah. whole thing. Just seeing how they're animated and
1: how well modeled they are, and the oh, attention
0: yeah. that went into them. Like you look at them and you're like that weapon yeah, but, might actually work.
1: Or like, and also, I mean, just the, the 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 way you can tell what's. I mean, even if you just see like gunfire, or whatever, you know, weapon fire coming from through like a doorway, yeah. you generally know what character is you shooting. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really, I mean, it's fighting game esque in its turn in its way of like we have to make everything super identifiable to the character. Yeah, and like it makes the game. Uh, a pleasure to play, really. In that regard, I,
0: I never play snipers in in shooters like, do I. ever. Like, I be, the problem is, is I'm too impatient. I never want to take the time that it takes to get to get good at playing mm. as a sniper. Like,
1: yeah. Well, I no, so I never I never know where to stand. Yeah. Like I never know where to be. Like right. I'm terrible at figuring out where the safe location or the smart location to be a sniper from is. I have a I have a friend. Uh, uh, who plays as a sniper all the time, he finds places in any any map we go in, like, by the end of the first round, he's like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm just like, I would never even think to go to these places, but he just ha- you know, he's you find naturally... that sight
0: line that lets you see a lot of the map it's at just, once. He yeah. is just
1: programmed to think like a sniper, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like, I like what they're doing, where it's like, it's like oh, a sniper that can heal. Yeah. Or poison. Right. It's, 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 there's a lot of cool tricks there. I'm, I'm like, it actually makes me even though this is a character I probably won't play myself because you know, I'm not a good sniper, yeah. um, it makes me excited to see what future characters oh, yeah. will be because clearly like every character in this game is going to be their own thing. A
0: big deal, a, an event, yeah. which is what I like. It's like a lot of the... like They've announced three new characters for Street Fighter in the last mm-hmm. like week and a half since Evo. Yeah. Um, and you know, all of them are. I don't really care. It's like a lot of they're either char- old characters mm-hmm. or they're more like clones. Like a lot in fighting games, a lot of times you get clone characters who are just reskinned fighters who have the same attacks and all that yeah. sort of thing. So it doesn't look like we're getting well, they're, any they're of that just with the watch. to
1: sells a twenty-five dollar pack of one level and three costumes. I was like, "Are you yeah. out of your mind?" <laughs> that was like the Evo pack, yeah, right? The, the Capcom Pro Tour pack is like it's twenty-five bucks. You get twenty-two new new colors but like what they don't really tell you is that I think all those colors are blue and yellow.
2: Yeah. Like the Capcom blue and yellow. But this is
1: a Capcom outfit. Yeah. Um, and then there's three new outfits, two terrible formal wear things for Chun-Li and Cammy, and then one they haven't announced yet and then you get the Capcom Evo's like wrestling ring stage which does have a great da- uh, dancing bear yeah, watching from the right <laughs> it's so side that's so
0: weird watching evo and seeing that yeah. bear the whole time because
1: they're all from the other stages yeah. and like the bear is in one of the stages so i'm like well obviously if you've got a bear in a stage dancing bear and a collar in a stage that's who you put ringside yeah. just like in real life yeah and um but it's but it's just like for twenty-five bucks. Yeah, screw that. Especially if I already own the season pass. Yeah, really, no, really. Real yeah. And like I appreciate that it's like giving you like, um, you know, supposedly some of the money goes to the prize pool for the Capcom Pro Tour like big championship. But right. I'm just like, I'm I'm gonna need to see the receipts. Yeah, 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 for oh, sure. That one. Um, big. I was I was very happy with Evo. Where I thought I was gonna like, transition uh, into
0: what you thought of Evo. I, I mean, it seemed to me like it was. Uh, there was less interest in Evo this year for some reason. Even though it was on ESPN2 for, like, the first time ever. Twitch, by the way, had more viewers than ESPN2. At
1: uh, their peak, they did. Yeah. You know, but during the broadcast, I mean, I mean, ESPN2 had somewhere around 200k. 200k that's terrible. Which is it, about on par for ESPN2, though. That's like, like a
0: point one. Yeah, well, 0.15. that's what ESPN2
1: generally gets. I mean, yeah. ESPN2 is not a tremendously watched network.
0: Well, it depends. Outside like,
1: of if you're running whatever major baseball game. But it's like, in terms of their prime times, you know, when they're running, like, the World Darts championship, yeah. or whatever. It's like, yeah, you get about 200, 300K. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that it didn't drop to nothing is pretty much positive, I would say. Yeah. It did do better than the Heroes of the Storm one. Yeah, uh, well, it should. But, but any just about anything could have done that. Well, um, it it's a
0: shame, too, that like the big final match was a total blowout.
1: Yeah. There was not a lot of drama. There was no drama. I mean, it he would have been nice. Out. Well, it would have been nice if Long Island Joe had gone the distance. Yeah. So like, that would have been, like, a big deal. But I did notice. On uh, WWE Smackdown the other day, I think Tuesday... You were watching
0: Smackdown?
1: No, I heard about this. Someone sent me the clip. <laughs> One of the no annou- offense
0: to anyone who likes wrestling. One
1: of the announcers... Dude, I watch most of the pay-per-views Do with like, Kevin, my friend, Yeah, a bunch of my friends keep up with wrestling. I don't wow. really keep up, but I like to watch the big events. Yeah. It's fun. Um but one of the guys, on, one of the announcers on SmackDown actually said, like, something like, to get out of this, he's going to need more game than Long Island Joe. Really? And I'm just like, what? Like, there was a, crossed there over. Was a tw- there was a tweet where it's like, the, the fighting game community is leaking. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but it's like, Long Island Joe, like, hit a chord with a lot of people. He did, he did. And there were some people, you know, because people were, like, reacting to when, when it started. People were like, you know, the ESPN people on Twitter were like, were, like, what the hell are they, run, are they running video games? Have we come to this? Like what? You know, what the hell? Get this off my sports channel. This is ridiculous. And then a couple of those people were like, like ten minutes later, like, I want. I was going to go to bed, but I can't stop watching this. <laughs> you know, there were a couple of people who like, yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Like yeah. uh, once you get over the initial shock of like, why are there video games on a sports channel?
0: And I thought ESPN did a good job presenting it. Yeah. Like,
1: uh, they need a better audio solution for Gutex. Yeah. Uh, down on the floor, I think he couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Um. Which is just you know, but it was look a of lot of times when major they got, networks... the two, they got some top notch commentators and Seth Killian and Mike Ross; those are the two guys they I would hired think as well. the right
0: people. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I mean you you know they were you could see because I had the the stream up as well, and you could see like they're they're pulling from the same feeds, but the ESPN two director was really doing a job presenting it very well, yeah. and uh, it was too bad they had to shrink the screen. To fit the ticker, yeah, in. it really stunk, man. But that's just how ESPN to roll. Like, you know, you can't take that off. They need to so. figure it out, though. Yeah, if I they want to be I serious so. about
0: esports going forward, that's something they need to sort out. Yeah, but for sure. But it was, look, I thought ESPN handled it with respect. I yeah. thought the quality of the broadcast was great. Did uh, a good they, job,
1: like explaining things to people who didn't know what they because were looking they at. They knew they were dealing with a new yeah.
0: audience, um, but I just felt like overall, like just the hype for Evo in general was really. It was a lot lower than last year, for instance.
1: Well, I think like last year there was also sort of the the hype around the fact that it was the it was Street Fighter 4's, like last, last all, year. Yeah. But I mean, this was the biggest tournament ever. As far as ever. entries, yeah. As far as entries, they had five thousand people come in for Street Fighter Five, which is more than double. Well, last I love year's. how
0: it's like the World Series of Poker where anyone can play. Yeah,
1: if you want to put up the ante,
0: you can play. You may last two matches.
1: Yep, or one. <laughs> But you're in there. Well, it's double elimination. You get at least two matches.
0: Right. And look, it might be worth it to a lot of people... To spend that money, just to have a chance to play against someone
1: like Daigo or mm-hmm. Justin Wong, or... or to you know also like to meet them. Yeah, you know, for these sure. These guys, you know, I know a lot. Of they these... don't say a whole lot, but <laughs> no. But, but also, I know a lot of these guys because when I did the you know 2010 and 2011, I did the Evo episodes for X Play, right? And so I met all those guys, and I still know a lot of them. Uh-huh. Um, and like they're really cool, they're really nice, and they'll talk to anyone who wants to. T- you know, they'll those guys will you can come up to almost any of those guys and be like, Hey, I really like what you play and they're like they'll they'll even play with you sometimes if they have the yeah. end of time. Like there's very little barrier between you know, the stars of the community and like the regular people in the well, community. Well it's I mean the way you they don't, don't think set of up
0: Minus like finals like it's yeah. basically them just sitting in a group of people that are all just fans and players. Yeah. It's like they're right there. It's not like there's some barrier. All like... there. I
1: mean, I've I've been beaten in you know local tournaments by some of the top guys cause, yeah. like you know you I, I can get through like you know some early pools and then I you know I have to play like flow or. Or Eventually uh, Mike face Ross, and, like and I'm yeah. dead. You know, like, yeah. but they, you know, they're never. I've never had any of them be a jerk about it. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Like they are all like. Well, they don't care if they beat you. Of course the thing. not. <laughs> of course not. They don't <laughs> have anything like, to prove. Who's
0: this guy. <laughs>
1: and sometimes but sometimes you'll be like, oh, what could I have done? It's like mm, nothing. No, <laughs> you're just not good enough. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you know, come back in a year, playing eight hours a day, maybe, yeah. you know.
0: I personally, I loved Evo. I thought it was another great yeah. year. I mean, the finals, the grand finals, obviously, were a huge disappointment. But there was kind of, like you said, that sort mm-hmm. of under Undertale story going on there with, like, the American trying to be the first to make it to the finals. And, like, there was some drama, but ultimately no payoff, I guess, is the best way to put
1: it. Yeah. I mean, it was nice. They got his father, in, you know, Long Joe's father in there. And there was, yeah. there was some fun, heartwarming moments. But that was all very early. And, was, then you, and then And yeah. then you had two more hours of... Uh, you know, Infiltration just basically clawing, just clawing his way back up. And, well, yeah, because he was in a loser's bracket. Yeah. And then and then just running roughshod over Fudo. Man. Um,
0: that was. I've, have you ever seen a grand finals that lopsided?
1: Yes. Really? Not in uh, not at Evo. Right, right. That's what I'm talking about. Like in Evo's Evo final.
0: It. How is that even possible? One guy in the winner's bracket
1: plays so well all mm-hmm. the way through the tournament and then gets to the grand finals and just. Well, Infiltration said it himself downloaded. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like Alex Valle always says, round one is data. Yeah. And infiltration is one of the most ad- adaptable players in the game in in the game world of any kind, I think. And uh, you know, he he finally found his way around uh, Fudo's Armika.
0: It is actually kind of boring those grand finals matches. Like there's just a lot of spacing going on and like mm-hmm. it was like I get like it's very tactical and you know, they're just looking for that little opening or that one mistake mm-hmm. to jump in, but it was just like you just watch it. and They're just like yeah. going side to side well, and up and down, up and down, side well, that's to side. Well, it's because up and like down. it's
1: just not a very dynamic pair of characters. You know, is, the way you yeah. way you have to play against each of those characters is you know you know Nash has to Cautious. play conservatively. Armika can be explosive, but she has to wait for an Remote opening. opening yeah. and infiltration doesn't leave openings very often. And the main thing he had to learn to get through Fudo after losing to him was how to not leave those openings Um, so yeah by definition that final that grand finals was going to be a very tactical matchup that didn't lend itself to like you know, super awesome action. And it wasn't close,
0: which made it doubly boring. So. Right.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, Fudo put up a good fight, but yeah. like by the, at a certain point, after the reset of the bracket, it was pretty clear yeah. where we were going.
0: Yeah, for sure. So hopefully some of you guys checked that out. We were curating, like, the live stream every day. We'd update the uh, blurb so you'd know actually what competitions were happening each day. Uh, I didn't seem like you got a ton of action on Sifted, but then they were probably all just watching it on Twitch or yes, PSPN like, too.
1: Or people like, uh, you know, people are into that kind of thing of their own sources for yeah, that most of yeah, the time. Sure. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: one final thing before we get to the big six Comic Con started, actually, it started last night with preview night, right? Yeah. And now today's like the first today's proper day. Today's the first day. official day. Um, I might head down there over the weekend, maybe, and just go down and promote Sifted a little bit. Just hand out flyers and meet and greet, shake some hands and things like that. I don't think I'll, ever, I'll even go into the show. No, <laughs> I'm not really. I don't really want to go into the show.
1: Just hang out at the Marriott. You'll see everybody. Yeah, see. I,
0: I did Comic Con like <laughs> ten years straight. Like by year six, I didn't really want to go back anymore. I yeah, just...
1: I'm. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I'll go to Comic Con if I I'm getting paid basically. Yeah. But I'm. I I don't find it fun because it's just too crowded. Yeah, it's I didn't really have medieval. fun. Like it. You go to but WonderCon and like it's the same all the same stuff except that you're not like packed in like sardines. Yeah. So, I mean some people would argue
0: there's not a, the celebrity access there. And I don't care about it. I don't that. care either. I'm like, not gonna I wait really... I'm not gonna
1: wait till th- from three AM on to like go in a hall and now you can stream a lot of it or watch all the, a lot of the panels afterwards on that Comic Con HQ thing. So
0: yep. like they said they're still taking keeping some panels. Some out there, but like but...
1: I mean at least some some stuff people see and I'm, frankly all the news comes out. You see, you know, there's... But do
0: people go to, to Comic-Con for the panels? Or do they really go just to say they were in the same room as, like, a celebrity? I don't know. Like, because like you said, the panels are recapped over and over again by journalists. There are journalists who sit there and live blog them, so you get every little detail about every panel. Mm-hmm. You eventually see video of every panel. I think they ultimately even do release, or at least in prior years, would
1: release, like, full panels. Not all of them, but some. Some of It was kind of up to the... Person, the, the company, or whoever owned the panel, or whatever. Right. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know that is a thing to be in the room with a with a, a person that is important or means something to you in terms of entertainment or celebrity. Um, I mean, I get that, uh, but I just it's. I don't uh,
0: get waiting in line. No, I don't get that idea. Six I mean, like, hours in the heat of San and, Diego. It, and it can be
1: something very. Like, I remember when I some of the first Broadway show I ever saw was I was eighteen. It was a school trip. And, uh, we saw Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And for a moment, uh, it, and her, the Belle's father was played by Tom Bosley. For, wow. for the, from Happy Days. Yeah, for the, the father <laughs> from Happy Days. And there was a moment where my 18 year old self was freaking out. I'm just like, Tom Bosley's in the room, yeah. like he's right there doing I'm this breathing. For me. It's right there. He breathed out, and I breathed it in. And now, and like <laughs> later, we saw laughter on the twenty third floor. Neil Simon play, and uh, cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers was one of the yeah. one of the guy. He's he's standing right there. Nathan yeah. Lane was the main guy. Like I got Nathan Lane and and cousin Larry spit on me when they were arguing. <laughs> I'm like, that's awesome. Like that. So like I totally get the whole like I'm in the presence of these people that mean this much to me. But also, when I did that for broad- the Broadway shows, I didn't wait four hours yeah, yeah. to sit in a giant of hallway. I mean,
0: we've worked in television for 10-plus years, yeah. and I worked at MTV for seven years. And like literally, I would go over to the main building because we were in like a building next to the main building. And literally, every time I walked into the main building, either there was a celebrity sitting in the lobby waiting to do something... Or one was walking off the elevators, or I get on the elevator, and there's one in the elevator and then in the other building, we have you know people working on shows in the bottom floor, so there are always celebrities hanging out on the bottom floor, checking edits and stuff like and then at Spike, we did like all the award shows, and like so after a while, you just start to realize like they're just people like mm-hmm. who are really good at something they 're really good at acting or singing or dancing, whereas you know maybe your dad's a surgeon, and he's a really good brain surgeon like. After you get around them for a long time, they really like lose the luster of being like these people that you put on a pedestal. And it's just more like mm-hmm. they're really good at what they do. Just like I have friends who are really good at stuff that they do. And it well, just so mo- happens that they get paid more to be good at what they do.
1: Well, and also, like, I just like, like, would I like to see like the supernatural panel? Totally. Like, yeah, I'd yeah. love to see those guys like talk a lot in live and up there on the thing. I'd love to do that, but I wouldn't wait like two to five hours for it, you know, yeah. let alone like what you, I'm sure you wait more than that like yeah. for, for like the Hall H stuff But I can understand but like,
0: some people coming from all over the country, flying all the way into San Diego like, Sure, but I
1: just, I don't I, I mean, just the expense, I, know. To do, I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars yeah. when you factor the in travel, and hotels yeah. you're probably so far away from the hotels you have to take some kind of public transit, which is going to cost you more money, or rent a car, or whatever Don't run a car, by the way. You'll never park it anywhere Um, (laughs) near the convention center. So, but it's just like you know, and there's also I'm sure all those people appear at other conventions that aren't total logistical nightmares elsewhere. You know, like it, you know, it would probably be less of a hassle to like maybe see a guy like a like a Chicago like Wizard World or a Chicago Comic Con or some you know something in San Francisco or WonderCon in L.A. or Anaheim like. You know, I, I've gone to WonderCon several times. I've been on a couple panels with, like, Chris Gore and people. And, like, those... That thing is, like, you can meet a lot of the same artists, a lot of the same comic people, a lot of various celebrities. The Walking Dead guys showed up one of you. And, like, you're waiting, like, a quarter of the time. And, yeah. like, I know that... It's it's, way more Comic-Con is when back. the big stuff happens, is when they premiere, you know, the trailers for Batman versus Superman and and the new oh, Marvel didn't go. But, like... Um,
0: but you can just watch those on YouTube. But and, like, yeah. They're <laughs> online. It's, like... Very little incentive for me to go to the. Like, I
1: get it's like a pilgrimage for for some people. You know, if you can, maybe, you know, I'm going to do it one time. And, like, if you're going to do it one time, you might as well. You know, like, I know a guy who waited over, I mean, it was for the the Game of Thrones panel several years ago, but it was the Game of Thrones panel. It was, the panel was at 3 p.m. He got in line at 10 p.m. the night before, dressed as Cal Drogo, (laughs) and waited in line overnight with like a—he was basically wearing like a, you know, like a like underwear, and that was it. And like, they got into the hall, they opened the hall to let those people, you know, that his group of the line in at like 11 a.m. And then he, they sat there through, like, three more panels they didn't care about right. before it became 3 p.m. And they watched the Game of Thrones panel. And he came out, and he's just like, it was a religious experience. <laughs> and I'm never doing it again. You know? and it's just like, but it's yeah. like, but Plenty there's done, also something yeah. to be said. It's like, you know, something like Game of Thrones, that show's got two seasons left. Yeah. You got two more chances, basically, to do that panel, you know? And, like, yeah. if you don't, you know, it, 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 there is a thing there where it's like, I was there. I got to see it. It was in front of me. It was, I saw it with my own eyes. The show is over in probably two years, and no one will ever get to do that again. Yeah. And I got to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I maybe, yeah. I mean, waiting eight hours or something for that, maybe that's a small price to pay if that show is that important to you. I get that.
0: Yeah, games-wise, uh, today was pretty slow. Uh, a yeah. couple new trailers for Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Uh, Rare had a panel today for a sea of thieves that a couple little things leaked out for, but otherwise pretty quiet on the video game front for Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. That'll probably heat up tomorrow. Usually, yeah. Saturdays the big I mean, day for games. you're game always
1: going to be front loaded with movie and TV stuff at Comic Con. Yeah. You know, usually, I, I'm sure there's some game stuff that's sort of waiting for the, the big stories to break before they kind of step in and be like, Oh we're here," you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's a great news week, one way or the other.
0: Yeah, for sure. If you're into movies and television, without a doubt. All right, mm-hmm. I think we spent a hell of a long time—forty minutes on the intro, wrapping up all those little topics. But that's what happens when you take a week off. But with that, it's time to get to the big six. So you may or may not remember, it's been so long, two Mm -hmm. weeks, that on our last episode, Matt mentioned that he had just got a Vive. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, over the last two weeks, Matt has pretty much done nothing but live in a virtual world. A lot, a lot of VR. Yeah. yeah, he's been playing a lot of VR, and so since he's the first person on the show to get mm-hmm. a vibe.
1: And if you're wondering why I'm not wearing my glasses, it's because I'm wearing my contacts, which I got to play VR. Yeah, he Cause got contacts. Because glasses contact. and VR do not mix <laughs> very well.
0: He got contacts just to play his vibe. I think that's freaking awesome.
1: Are you happy you got him now, though? Yeah, I mean it, it's obviously way better. Yeah. Um the, the the I thought they like the screens might be close, like I said, but like I have, my vision in VR is just as bad as it is outside of VR. All right. So uh, with the context, it's much much because like if you put glasses in in VR, a VR goggle situation, uh they're going to fog up in like 5 minutes. Like so So I let's talk first
0: about the hardware. That is one thing that you mentioned to me is mm-hmm. that you had intense fogging issues with the HMD,
1: with the glasses, yeah. And uh, I mean, look, the one of There's the, the things. No
0: ventilation in no. these things. They want to block out all the light. Yeah,
1: ventilation needs to happen in the next generation of headsets. I think because it's hot in there. Yeah. People, we well, like, have all this
0: gear yeah. like strapped on. Well, especially your face.
1: if you have like the foam, like you know, the the cushion thing. Yeah. Because it's just like it's just you know it's you've, sealed. You've, yeah, you've created kind of this seal that has no no ventilation, and like now. Part of the problem was when I didn't have the context yet, I was taking my glasses off and, and clicking the the screen as close to my eyes as I could so I could see clearly. And so basically there was no air between my face and the screen. Now that I can see clearly, I've been able to put it out a couple clicks, and it's much better. I can wear it for like an hour before it starts to get kind of hot and uncomfortable. Um, and then even then it's just like, you know, let it out. Da-da-da. But if there was a little fan in there, <laughs> something I could turn on, <laughs> like like the guys who do the storm. Or even troopers, like an
0: escape hatch to let the heat go out. Yeah, like- just like a... Yeah, (laughs) decompression. Yeah,
1: um, but something like that would be nice. uh, Some way to kind of like get some cooling in there somehow. It's not like a big, huge, crazy, terrible problem, but it is noticeable if you decide if you're playing anything that's more like if you're playing like an actual sit-down game, it can get pretty warm. Yeah. Um, The other thing, if you haven't used a VR headset, I would say uh, that might be surprising to you: is um, it's not very sharp in comparison to what we're used to on like hd tvs yeah uh vive has the highest you know resolution um but it's clearly not the visual fidelity that we're used to from hd displays it's it's good but it's not great and um the other thing you run into is that i guess because it's
0: almost like a an xbox 360 or a playstation 3 game compared to yeah. PS4 and Xbox One. And
1: more. you can do some tricks. Like, you can force it to run in a certain resolution resolution from your desktop and sort of downscale a little bit, but you're still not going to get any better than, like, some kind of, you know, 1080p signal at best. Yeah. Um. Which is, I mean, it's fine, but, like, when it's that close, you can kind of see the kind of the texture of the screen sometimes. It's like
0: a screening technique. Yeah. Like, you have, like, a screen over top of the screen.
1: Right. Um. And it's fine. And, of course, the other thing is... um text can be blurry from the sides if you're just looking with your eyes yeah cuz like you really need if you need to focus need on to something you need to turn your head cuz yeah. it's only fully in focus for a, like, right in, in front of you. you yeah and that's the other thing i think next generation headsets need to have is eye tracking yeah um
0: that's expensive tech
1: it is but i'm sure valve is on or on htc it is on yeah. it i'm sure the the next vive will have something like that because that's the only other thing that i'm i notice in terms of like really sort of breaking the illusion other than it's like you know, every... other than
0: the fact that cables are dragging yeah. around behind
1: you. I'll, I'll, well, the cables not not too bad. As That's long as what it...
0: bothered me the most about the vibe though, is having to keep in the back of my mind that I'm attached to a cable.
1: Mm-hmm. I you, you I haven't had a huge problem except to realize that you can't turn around 360 degrees. Yeah. Like you, ha- you can go this far, and then you have to sort of like turn the other way.
0: I never had a problem with anything happening. It was just the thought in the back mm. of my mind. I knew that there was a cable there, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to like trip and like break this $1,000 piece of equipment. And nothing ever happened. Like, mm. I never stumbled on it or anything. It was just the idea that it could happen that was driving me like crazy.
1: Yeah, I don't... I. See, I think I've just gotten used to it. Yeah. Like, it's it's just part of the experience in the same way that, like, you know, it's fairly low resolution, and, you know, my hands look like corpse hands in certain (laughs) games where you're holding the motion controllers and stuff. One thing I do love about the motion controllers on the thing, though. Um, you know, you charge them with, like, a USB.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, the only way to... They don't have a power meter on them. They only have it in the virtual version. Oh. So, like, you give... So, in, in, like, the VR... Steam VR space, you can see the controllers, and they have, like, a little, like, power meter. And, like, you can't see that on the real controller. It's, like, that's a Well,
0: co- that's kind of the way it's, it's, it is well, it's for also, all
1: controllers, though. Well, yeah, but it's, like, I thought that was a really clever way to save hardware costs.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's,
1: like, you don't have to put a light in the thing. Or a so battery life. Yeah. Uh, and the battery life is fine. Like, it, it lasts a long time. Yeah. It charges pretty fast. Um, uh, and I've noticed, like, there's a weird thing where, uh, VR games tend to default launch at, like, medium or low settings. I yeah. guess so, like, you don't step in and everything's just crazy and you, you like, instantly throw up or something. Um, but I've had, like, there are a couple of times where I'm just like, oh my god, this game looks terrible. And then I re- go into the settings, like, oh, bump it all the way up and now it looks fine. Um, so the, the the focus or like the resolution or the um the, the you know the softness problem uh sometimes that 's just because the game is automatically thinking your rig is not as good as it is and you have to bump it way up um, That was a big problem with uh chronos because uh, I have the revive like thing installed where you can play uh rift store games yeah. Through it, nearby, which yeah. works very well, uh, but Chronos loaded up, and I'm just like, oh my god, it looks like a PS1 game. Like, like, like the woman is talking to me. I can't even see her face. Like, it's just like a blob. And then I, <laughs> and then I looked in the settings, and like I was on like super low settings, and I bumped it all the way up to ultra. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, you've got pupils in a mouth. Good. Um, Let's talk so. about some of the games now. Let's talk right. about
0: Valve's The Lab.
1: So The Lab is Valve's sort of mini game collection. Like, I guess you'd probably call it. it's free. It's basically like it's like, hey, you bought a 5 here's what it can do here's something to do with it um it is probably the best thing on it right really some of the the mini games i'm surprised to hear that some of the mini games on this thing are great Um, the one we're watching right now is not one of them. (laughs) Um, this is just this thing where you sort of, like, jump to, like, you walk around, you kind of look around this sort of, like, magic salesman's, like, store, and, like, look at these weird little... This is an example of sort of this VR thing that a lot of people are doing, where it's just like, you're part of, like, basically a a movie that happens around you. Yeah. Uh, the two two best things in the lab, uh, and I don't know if there's footage of them in here. You're almost like
0: a ghost, huh? Yeah, a little bit. I guess, isn't there kind of a feeling, though, of, like, you're wondering if the people in the movie know you're there.
1: Well, they know you're there, and this. like the shopkeeper says, like, hey, you know, just don't touch this thing or whatever. Right, right, but so. I'm
0: saying in some of these, couldn't that be kind of a really cool element to them? Is oh, like, yeah. or maybe you have one where you are a ghost, and like... Yeah, you have to. You're wondering if like, the people know that you're there or not. Like,
1: yeah, this would definitely make Geist a more interesting game. Yeah, for that's sure. Just, <laughs> n- never have you felt more like you really could possess a bowl of dog food
0: <laughs> or a generator. Um, no, that's
1: a good no. idea. Like, that would be a very inter- You know, th- I think there's a lot of potential for something like that, or something like a surveillance game, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but there's two things that really stand out for me in the lab, and that's uh, there's a castle defense minigame where you have a bow and arrow. And I'm, you have a bow and arrow, like you are holding the bow and pulling the arrow, and like it is so natural, it is unbelievable. Wow. Like I, like it is, like, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be weird and awkward, and like after like the first like five or six like shots, like you're you're just like, boom, hit the balloon, hit the guy, hit the, you know, because like these little stick figures are basically running to like break this gate down, and you have to shoot them uh-huh. with the bow and arrow, and like after like, your first like five or six shots, it is you are in it you wow. are there. It's it's really well done. Um, and it like rewards I would expect
0: nothing less from Valve yeah. by the way. I mean
1: it rewards form to, and like yeah you know, and of course here this is like the kind of the, the the main area. This is a great one what we're seeing here. This is this uh, it's basically a catapult where you take these like cores from Portal and like fire them off to knock all these boxes over sort of boom block style.
0: Gotcha.
1: Um, but every core has a different personality and it's hilarious. In fact, the so re- Valve's
0: writing shines oh, yeah. through. Oh
1: Oh, I mean, you are this is in uh Aperture Labs. Like the whole right, thing right. is it's supposed Aperture Labs before it all gets destroyed. Yeah. And um like all the cores have different personalities and like I the reason I stopped playing this game the first time was because um I was playing it without like a like a, a the foam like insert so it was bi- and the, the foam like like the cushions go on like a like a really micro velcro material uh-huh. so the inside of the if you wear it without the foam thing you're kind of got little sort of tiny velcro hooks touching your skin and it's not that bad but you can definitely feel it scraping a little bit if you move yeah. and I was laughing so much that it was scraping my my cheeks <laughs> cuz I kept That's every great. time I smiled like it would it be was like oh, it hurts. you yeah oh, it and um So that's the only reason I stopped playing this game. But it is so funny, some of the some of the stuff that the cores do. And one of my favorite cores is the executive core, which just because they start talking just like in you know like in Portal Two, right? And like and the the executive core is like it's like it's like all right, what we're going to do here is we're really going to drill down on on what we're after. And then when you fire him. The executive core goes, game changer! <laughs> <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> so it uses like corporate bingo terms, yes. basically. Yes, like, but there's like so many different cores in this. And like, I, you know, I'm still, every, I've played this thing probably like 15, 16 times at least, and I'm still running into new ones periodically. Uh, so this is a lot of fun. And then the other one that's great is there's like this arc, like old-style arcade machine there, and you go into it. I don't remember what it's called. It's got some weird name, like I think it begins with an X or something. But basically, you pick up this little spaceship, so like, so now you have direct control of this spaceship toy, essentially. Uh-huh. And the game starts, and what it is is like these things pop up and shoot, and you have to shoot the things that are shooting bullets at you or missiles at you. And the trick is, you just have to avoid the bullets with holding the ship. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here it is. So, so it's like
0: you're a young kid, basically. So
1: yeah, so you're like swooshing like a toy ship. Back in the 70s, this... they
0: used to make toys that had... It's so funny, too, if you think about it. They used to have toys in the 70s yeah. where you buy a ship that had an arm on it. and You held the arm. right. It's right. very much like a selfie exactly. stick now, actually.
1: So you can see here, like, you know, so these these bullets... It's a weird kind of like change in perspective because the bullets are coming at your face. And you're and you, your instinct is to dodge it, but it doesn't matter if they hit you. It only matters if they hit the thing in your hand.
0: Right, right. So...
1: This is a really good example of uh, one of the, my favorite things about VR so far, which is that um, here's a game that we've played a thousand times. A shooter with a ship and like bullets coming out, a bullet hell shooter basically. But it feels it's a way you've never different. done it before. Yeah, it, it's, 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 a really, and it's simple and it's straightforward and you get it instantly, but it's tons of fun to just keep going through. Alright, let, um, let's move so on yeah. to the
0: next game. We have a bunch of we want to talk about. Uh, space Pirate Trainer.
1: Space Pirate Trainer is, I think this one has been pretty well publicized. Basically, you're standing in one place. It's one of those, you know, there's tons of games for the VR, the, the Vive room scale stuff, where you're standing in one place and things come at you, right. and you have to shoot them.
0: That's like the um, Oculus experience, essentially. Yeah, yeah. so
1: uh, this is like you're standing on like kind of a, like a space dock place, and these little like orb drone things pop up and try to shoot at you, and you have to shoot them with your twin pistols. Uh, and the trick is that like, when they shoot lasers at you, like the lasers um, move very slowly enough that you can see where they're coming and you can sort of physically dodge them. Or you can use this shield. That the, the guy's using a block, yeah. which I didn't know existed until uh, our friend Mike <laughs> Mike Benson, who's watches the show sometimes, is a grenade artist, uh-huh. uh, he came by to try it, and the first time he played this, he pulled the shield out. I'm like, where'd you get the shield? Like, what the... <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's a, it highlighted this yeah. weird thing where I'm like, normally what do we do when we load up a new game? We press all the buttons. Right, yeah. But, Sometimes the stuff in these games are gestures, and if you don't know that that gesture's there, you might not discover that right, thing. I'm sure right. there was a tutorial thing I missed or something. Because yeah. that's the other thing, is every once in a while you miss something because you're not looking at it.
0: You're not looking at it, <laughs> or you just skip the tutorial because you're so damn excited yeah. to
1: play it. So, so this, is a, this is just like, it's super simple, but it's so much fun. Just, you know, it's a, it's a fun little thing to play with. Um, cheap little game. The blue. What's up with the blue? The blue is... This
0: one you told me before we started uh, the live stream affected you.
1: Yes. Uh, I am not good with underwater large creatures.
0: Yeah, I don't think most people are.
1: um, uh, And the blue, I will contrast this with the next game as well, because the blue is an example of, of something done right. And now is this
0: just a passive experience where you're yes. just kind of floating around in the water? You're
1: just yeah, you're just sort of in the water and you can look around at stuff and like you can use you can like poke at the fish with the with the controller and like they'll react to it. Uh-huh. But basically you're sort of standing in a place, a little location, and like a movie's sort of playing out around you. So like this is the reef migration, and so eventually you'll see like uh, sea turtles will come by, like you know migrate like the migration like I like can find Nemo right. like they'll all come by and you'll the see them all go them, through yeah. uh, and then there's um, there's a one at the bo- like a, like the bottom of, like the Mariana's Trench or something where like all these luminescent jelly it's pitch black and like you have a flashlight but eventually all these luminescent jellyfish come up and it's just beautiful like, yeah. it's just incredible and then the middle one is you're standing on the prow of this sunken ship and a blue whale swims up and basically stares you down and then leaves. <laughs> and the blue whale one kind of freaked me out. Yeah. like Because it, like, it's like you watch it on the screen and you're like, all right, there's a blue whale. When you're in this thing, the thing is 100 feet long. I mean, yeah. this thing is you really You don't real get the perspective
0: sized. watching it. Yeah. Like-
1: and, like, you know it's, I mean, it looks kind of cartoony, and it's not like you'd mistake it for the real thing, but your brain's like, whoa, this thing's big.
0: Well, you see it from far enough is, away, yeah. like, that's pretty convincing. Once it gets up close, obviously, the textures don't look as yeah. good, but you see it from 50 yards. But you got, it. when you see this
1: in the headset, this thing is that big. Right. This thing is the size of a building. Yeah, and your brain, really you yeah. can tell your brain it's not real so much before your brain's like, dude, that this thing's real. looking at us, you
0: know? <laughs> there it is, yeah.
1: Uh, and, like, and it really kind of gives, I mean, it, it kind of has this, sort of Sort of like come at me, bro. So yeah. sort of I was like, it's like this whale sort of popping off to you, yeah. and like then it does this thing with its tail where it almost like hits you with it, and it's, uh-huh. just, it's sort of it's sort of like I'm not going to do well with the underwater stuff in this thing. I can tell like, sound like, design's
0: really important yeah. for this stuff too.
1: But I mean, this is a you know they update the blue updates like periodically. That is cr- when that happens scary, in VR. Yeah. It's crazy. I could see that. Like yeah. it's just coming at you. Yeah. And so the blue is—I mean, they're—they're they're very minimally interactive. If you even want to call them inter- I mean, you can walk around they're just the area, but it's, but it's like used. the blue is an example. I think of it done well because like, they update periodically and they give, get you a new thing. I don't know why it's free because it sure seemed like they put a lot of work into this stuff. But yeah. that's an example of that kind of experience done well. What's well. the
0: drug dealer thing. It's right. like first one's free, you got to pay for, and maybe
1: kind of it's like they want some work doing some paid stuff and like it's a good it's a good demo for them. Yeah. Um, There's there's, a a jellyfish one. Like it's it's a really cool trick. Basically, it's it's something. It's almost something you do in a theme park. Speaking of which, speaking
0: of which, nice segue there.
1: (laughs) Disney movies VR is an example of how not to do this kind of content because Disney movies VR is basically I don't know if you've seen like it's like the circle IMAX sort of circle vision thing where it's like you know it's normal video but it surrounds you. Yeah. Um, Basically, they've taken all their stuff like that and they're sort of like you know. Like, like, here you see uh, the VR experience for Force Awakens, where, like, I think they did this some of this on Facebook, yeah. where it's like, you know, it's just sort of like, oh, it's all first-person stuff, and, that. and so, like, you're basically seeing this in VR, um, in very blurry VR, <laughs> it's not exactly up to par, I would say, like, resolution-wise, and, like, you know, the Jungle Book stuff, they've got, like, Jungle Book, like, a thing where it's, like, the snake comes up, and Scarlett Johansson's Python character comes up and sings to you. That one's actually a little freaky, because at the end, it, like, tries to bite you in the face, uh-huh. and, like, and your lizard brain is sort of like, whoa, like, you know, the <laughs> snake. Um, but it's sort of, like, it just, it's, I mean, it's free, so it's not like you can really complain that much, but it really feels like you're just watching a bunch of marketing bullshit. Um, and, like, so, like, the, like, you, and it's, like, you start out in, like, sort of this central, like, balcony. And you look forward and it's like the Disney castle and fireworks are going off. You look to your right and it's Star Wars and like ad are shooting stuff. And, and there's like a dogfight with TIE fighters and stuff. And then you look to the, uh, to the left and it's the Avengers Tower and like a Quinjet comes in. But it's like the Avengers thing, all it is is like footage from the red carpet of like, of like Civil War or something. <laughs> and it's like if you've ever wanted to really feel like you were on the red carpet, like there's yeah. your Marvel fantasy. Um, so I thought it, I thought that was just sort of like okay. And cheap
0: cash in, cheap basically, cash in. On I mean, technology. It, I mean,
1: it's free, so it's not like I blew any money on it. But yeah. it still kind of felt like I don't know. Have you ever played like a free game and you're just like that wasn't even worth the bandwidth that wasn't worth I, the free. I spent <laughs> on like you know I want I want my time back. I right, felt like right. that a little bit.
0: Yeah, and let's talk about Chronos. You mentioned it earlier. Yeah, probably one of the more traditional VR games. That yeah, been this is I far. mean
1: Chronos is a Rift Store exclusive, so like I had to use the Revive for that. And you just you, you know you have a normal controller in your hand you just yeah,
0: just there, so you guys are if you guys are wondering what revive is right
1: revive is the um, basically the user made uh, it's it's like a little mod you can put in and it adds a revive tab to the VR Steam VR thing and what that means what that means is basically it lets you access your Rift Store games in the Vive
0: so basically you can play Oculus Rift games on the Vive. right
1: and now that. Oculus has removed the, the DRM headset check thing, there's no obstacle for it, so basically you, you have to open Steam and Steam VR, and then you run this thing, you know, you've got the thing installed, and you run the thing while you've got Steam VR open, and it adds that tab, yeah. and then you have the Oculus Rift thing open, and you can just go in and pick whatever you want to pick. Um, it doesn't work perfectly with every game, but most of them work fine. So, Kronos was the one I picked, because I guess Edge of Nowhere is the other one I was interested in, but I guess that has some texture issues with Revive right now. Yeah. So, I went with Kronos, because I was interested in that, because it's probably got the best reviews. It has, Of yeah. any of the VR. As of stuff, right now, it's
0: the high, most highly reviewed VR yeah. game for so, any head-mounted display.
1: And it's, pr- it's pretty good. Like, it's so... It's weird in the sense that like
0: it's like a Zelda styled action RPG
1: ish. Um, like, like a mix of I would say like it's trying to be a Zelda. It also comes off kind of res- a classic Resident Evil ish because because the fixed, cameras, of the fixed right? camera except for the fact that you you know like you're seeing here the camera location is fixed but you can turn your head and look around however you want. Right. So it's it's you played it before but you've never played it like this once again. You know. Well, again, uh,
0: it's like you're a fly on the wall, basically, watching what's happening.
1: And it works really well. I mean, it doesn't. It's just a new way to do things, and it's like, you know, it really does make it pretty immersive. Um, It looks good for what it is. It probably still looks more or less like a 360 game uh, to, to a large degree. But. I found myself, like, really getting... Into, if I had been playing it not in VR, I don't think I would have stuck with it as long as I have. Interesting. Uh, because it's just a new way to experience it. And that I'm, was
0: what I read on some of the reviews, was that, you know, for a VR game it's cool, but if you actually stack this against yeah. other games in a genre that are just 2D, mm-hmm. it doesn't hold up very
1: well. Yeah, I would agree with that. But it's like... But there's also an element of like you know sometimes you look to the side like, oh I'm stuck what am I supposed to do and like you all you, know, you just have to look around the room a little more yeah. from your perspective and it's like that was a, that's a cool way.
0: Well, if you think about playing old fixed camera games, like a lot of times you would get stuck because the, you'd have, try to find that place where you could put the character where the game would show you show where you, you need to, do, to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's so it'd be not very really easy to this. miss like a little nook that you needed to go in or a door that you needed to go through. Mm-hmm and you're almost like kind of playing against the game to try to right. figure out what you what you're having to do, so I guess that mitigates that a bit
1: and then there's a cool um th- there's a cool like little mechanic where if you die because it is you know you're likely to get killed, and so you start as like a young kid uh male or female, and you go in and if you get killed like the the conceit is that you you had to recover for a year or whatever, and so your character ages. The more you die, and they get less apt. It's like fable, at, right? So you get <laughs> and you get less adept at uh, like physical combat and better at magic as you age. That makes and sense. So, yeah. Uh, it does actually change the game and how you have to approach the the combat and the gameplay as you suck more. Kind of. It's <laughs> like and like I I haven't I'm not I haven't died enough to really know if like. Magic makes it easier if right. that's like kind of the I'm idea. I'm wondering if
0: that's what it is. If um, it's like a way for them to balance the game. Yeah, I don't, don't, I don't know. I haven't
1: it. really, I haven't really found it that difficult so far. Um, not the combat. I've been stuck a few times in terms of what I'm supposed, what to, supposed do next, to do next. Yeah. But that's just sort of par for the course with these games. Yep. Um, so that's, uh, that and House of the Dying Sun are kind of my only two sit-down games. I haven't bought uh, Eve Valkyrie yet because they're they're going to officially do Vive support for that later right. this year, and I don't want to necessarily jump. I, I'm trying to avoid buying too many Rift stuff, yeah, yeah, Rift for things sure. as opposed. You also to
0: never it. know if somewhere on down the road, oh, yeah. that yeah. could be cut off. That sure. whole revive thing may stop working. Oh, that's so. in the back
1: of my head for yeah. sure. But I mean, I'm, these games aren't long enough that I'm not going to be like, getting through <laughs> them in time.
0: So there's one last game you wanted to talk about for a very yep. specific reason. Yeah, it's called only,
1: Spellfighter. Yeah, Spellfighter VR. It was a free little demo thing. Basically, you just go in, and it's like a cheesy little fantasy area, and you can, like, pull... You can t- talk to cast spells, like, because there's a, there's a mic in the in the drive, right. and you can, like, say fireball, and it'll, like, you know, you can cast fireball that way. Um, but I mainly bring this up because uh, this is the only game I played uh that allowed you to actually move around in real time like a normal first person shooter with the touchpad. And the first time I did it I almost fell over. Like it was it is the most disorient because so it moves super stupid. Instead super of moving
0: quickly. around the actual room you're standing in, you move around with, with the, the control. Because oh, really? most
1: games like the lab when you move around a room, you hold the you like do something some equivalent of you hold the touchpad, it shows you like a target from, like, the front of your controller, and you press that, and then you teleport there. Uh. So there's no real-time movement, which is a much easier thing for your brain to get around. For sure, but yeah. And you can do that in this, but there's also an option to just, like, control it with, with like, a normal, um, like, you know, just, like, a normal movement in a regular first-person game. And I decided to pick that because I oh I haven't done that yet. And when I walked off the the porch of the the house you start on, I almost fell over. And wow. like, my brain was like, that's not how stuff works. What are you doing? <laughs> and it took like you know, it took maybe like a minute or so walking around to really get my bearings on how that worked. Yeah. But that is the closest I've come to being dizzy, uh, playing any of these things. Um, and I do not have motion sickness, I do not have any kind of vertigo problems unless I'm like high up on a ledge. Like right. I'll, I'll get a little But like which actually does happen in this game. if I'm if I'm like looking down at a whole thing I'm gonna go there's there's an, there's a um one of the little mini things in the lab is, is just a scale model of the solar system. And uh-huh. you're just going to, like, jump around the solar system and pick up the planets and bounce them around and stuff. <laughs> um, it's super weird, but it's just kind of like, I'm going to bounce Jupiter off the sun. Like, right. let's do I'm sure we're going to do. <laughs> um, but, like, if I look down in that, into the infinite vastness of space, like, I get a little... Like, it, it can be a little... Unnerving. You're, you're in the abyss. Yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. But um, the, this game is the, the only time I got any kind of, like, vertigo or motion, like, sensitivity. I and, think
0: you can thank that to the vibe. Yeah, yeah. And, That's uh, where you're spending the extra cash. There, you're getting that mm. cleaner experience. And I got
1: used to it pretty. I mean, I feel like I, I could probably play like Halo or, or something. And I haven't played Raw Data yet, um, just because there's a point at which first VR game to ever be number one on yeah. Ste-
0: on Steam's charts. But yeah. there's a
1: point at which I'm just like, okay, I've spent like a hundred something dollars on VR shit this yeah, week. Yeah. And it's, it's time to cool off for a little bit. Yeah, but come raw... back to the real world for yeah. a little bit. And also, again. So much of this stuff is early access, like, yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. And, and like, like World Not of, like I got picked up World of Diving as well because I, <laughs> I love the you know the, the underwater stuff. Yeah. And I played, you know, I'm sure that we'll get there one day, but like playing that in VR right now is is a pain. Because yeah. they haven't quite figured it out. It's all very new to them. And there's also a thing with World of Diving where like if you have the Vive plugged in, no matter how you start that game, it will start in VR. So, if you want to play it not in VR, you have to unplug the vibe. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so there's like no, yeah, so little quirks that work so tons, out. Over you know, time. So raw yeah, data, yeah. I mean, it looks really cool, but again, like you know, I try to avoid early access stuff. But at this point, if you want to play the the really cool VR stuff, you're sort of stuck. That's what you with have to early play. access stuff. All yeah.
0: right, so let's uh, let's sum this all up here, Matt. So you've had two weeks with your vibe. Mm-hmm. You paid eight hundred bucks for mm-hmm. it.
1: Should people buy this? I mean, if you're into it, if you like the concept, sure. Well, we're going to
0: assume that people are into.
1: Yeah, if you're into it, um, only if you're not going to miss that eight hundred dollars. Okay. Like, if you if you're in a situation where, you're like, well, if I if I skip this car payment and I don't buy the kids their lunch for like these three days of this week, <laughs> like, don't do that. Like, yeah. don't like, don't sacrifice to get like this anything? thing. Like anything. I mean, you know, if again, if it's not going to impact your quality of life or your family quality of life to spend that money on this thing like yeah this is the one to get yeah. i would say however like if you're gonna if you're gonna like suffer for it like if it's not something you can really afford in your existing budget i would say no
0: so this basically what you're saying is this is not a must have
1: not yet i mean maybe when the when the real games start coming out for it when it really becomes a big a big almost like man if you love video games you have to do this you have to play you this you don't game.
0: feel like there's an experience yet on vibe that screams that not yet okay
1: I mean I can I can see it. The potential is just there. I mean you can feel it when you play some of these really good ones in the lab or Space Pirate Trainer or uh, or even the blue. Like if, you know, the potential is there for someone to make like a like a not a not totally interactive but like immersive experience. It would be like, "Man, you have got to see this." Yeah. I mean the the Trials on Tatooine thing that just came out a couple of days ago is pretty close to that except it's like 3 minutes long. Right. But right. for those like Forty-five seconds where you've got a lightsaber <laughs> yeah, in your hand and you're deflecting stormtrooper blasters. You're like, "This is the greatest thing I have ever done." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, "Oh, then it's, it's over. over." Yeah. And then you're like, "Let me calculate the cost per minute on that." It's like, "No, it's yeah." I mean, it's <laughs> Does just, it doesn't work out. That equation no, mean, is not I mean, You have to be ready that you're a crazy in crazy early early adopter world here. All right. And. Um, if you do not have the disposable income to just be like, yeah, why not? I'll try that, sure. Like, I can't tell you that this is a must buy yet. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: it is a super yeah, duper a crazy luxury item yeah. that is a lot of fun, but I think the more responsible option would be to make a friend who has one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> chances are you so, could go over there in yeah. a night. Play pretty much.
1: Yeah, everything. I mean, gr- from
0: like beginning then. Yeah, like his Mike, Mike came over and like I should Yeah, minutes.
1: I mean, well, that's the thing is like Mike came over and he w- he played for like a little over an hour and I showed him all the best stuff because I'd played all the stuff that You're wasn't good. Through it, yeah. And I'm like here, I'm gonna curate your your path through all this stuff, and he's like, that was awesome. but yeah. uh, yeah. but he's also, I mean, at that at this point, Mike has seen all the same things I have, and he didn't pay 800 nothing. bucks for it. <laughs> 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 there you go. So, I don't regret... Find a friend. I don't regret doing it, but it's like...
0: It'll get better over time. I mean, you have it now, so... Right.
1: It'll get there, but it's like, again... It's it's hard for
0: me to get get excited when I see new trailers and previews of VR games, because I don't have one. Right. But I would imagine like, if I actually owned an HMD... Suddenly, like, my interest in all that stuff would just be ignited. And oh, I'd be yeah. like, man, my, I'm going to watch every my trailer. Steam,
1: my Steam recommendations are screwed. Because yeah. all they're doing is showing me every stupid old VR thing. Right. Ever. I'm just like, you know, I still play other games, too. Yeah. You can show me something <laughs> else. But it's like, no, nope, here's this VR thing. It's free. Check out your discovery queue. I'm just like, come on. Yeah, yeah.
0: One, one final thing before we move on. How do you feel about the whole isolation part of VR? And how did your girlfriend feel about it?
1: Uh, she just laughed at me, yeah. mostly. Could you um, hear her
0: laughing at you though? Like when I
1: had the when I was using the iPod headphones, yes. When yeah. I put my my uh, giant like Bose Your noise canceling things, it. no, not yeah. at all. Um, the only other thing that uh, the only other thing that happened was uh, she came up to tap me on the shoulder because it was dinner time, right as I started playing uh, a game of Space Pirate Trainer, and I put the gun up like right. <laughs> I, I I almost like uppercutted her. Oh, with, wow. with the like, don't come near the VR people. Like, yeah, like, I mean, it's there crazy, is a, right? there, well, there is you actually, never know which
0: way they're going to move. You can't see right. what's going on. Well, there
1: is actually a thing where you set up where um, it's called Knock Knock on the Steam VR thing. And it has a thing on the screen of the computer that says, I'm in VR. If you need my attention, press F1. And, uh, like, okay. and it'll pop up a thing that says, hey, someone needs to talk to you or whatever.
0: <laughs> so bizarre.
1: Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she thinks it's silly. She hasn't tried it yet. Because she has she, well, no, two she,
0: weeks she hasn't tried it.
1: Well, she has very bad vision without oh. glasses, and Not so she's she isn't really. Also, she, I don't I don't think she's into it. Really, <laughs> I, I think this this she she I think there may be we may have hit her nerd. You may have crossed over the line. line. <laughs> um, but uh, and you do look redic- I mean, you know, yeah. you do look ridiculous doing it. But it, but it's it's fun. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Like the isolation idea. I mean, Basically, what
0: you're saying is, rich people buy it. Kinda. If you actually have a budget in or your life, if, don't. Yeah.
1: Or if you like, you know, can you know, if if you work in the industry and kind of justify it in terms of your job, you know, maybe for tax purposes or something like that. You know, I'm sure you can get around it that way. But so,
0: I think a good way maybe to put it is, if you're the type of person who actually watches the amount of money in their bank account, mm-hmm. don't buy it. Uh, if you're a person who fair. knows they have enough money in their account that they aren't checking like their balance like more than once a month or whatever
1: yeah like like if if you know that buying a vibe is not going to mean you can't buy Christmas presents for people yeah, like yeah. yeah, maybe think about <laughs> it but again, the people who are like oh I'm gonna wait for Gen two or gen three they're not wrong either yeah I would say you know and I you're probably how long a- they'll be waiting yeah I mean I don't know I mean and too- the
0: price I mean what's gonna happen is the gen one will go down. The Gen two, Gen Three will probably be still eight hundred bucks whenever yeah. they come out. But it's me, like so. it's a you
1: know, again, I, I really enjoy it. I'm not sorry I bought it, but at the same time it is very much a toy. It is very yeah. much a, 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 a gadget. That like I'm gonna play I'm gonna use it a lot. I mean I got contacts for it and, and I'm gonna do it. And I'm waiting for that Star Trek game. I'm super excited to play that Star Trek game. Yeah. But like
0: But who are you gonna play it with?
1: Other crazy people online who did the same thing I did. I mean, you know, it's all online. It's yeah, fine. I guess you're right. Yeah, you because know, if you yeah, you know, that's the thing is like you know I didn't really know. I thought it was like a party game originally, but they're like, no, it's an online multiplayer game. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I thought it was a
0: party game too. I thought it was like local. Uh, no,
1: because to do well, that, how are you gonna
0: get, get five people right, together? <laughs>
1: you, you, well, you would need four PCs or PlayStation fours right. or whatever, and four headsets in the same room. Yeah. Um. That's a tall. So yeah, order. it's mainly a, it's mainly an online game, I think.
0: All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about something we talked about in the last show, but,
1: I mean... And I am keeping the PlayStation VR pre-order. You are? By the way. Yes. Because I, I think there's too much... A, there's too much... Sony exclusive stuff that's going to be stuff I want to play, and B, if I want to actually play multiplayer with my friends, I feel like that's the most likely one it will have.
0: It also looks like, in all honesty, it is at, in October, it is going to have more full-featured yeah. games than Vive has, and it's I been out so. for a while. So. And,
1: again, I've said it before, but the PlayStation VR headset is the most comfortable of the three. No question. Yeah. They're all fine. Yeah. You know, I think they're all fine, but PlayStation VR feels nicer. It's, it just ergonomically feels nicer than the other two. All
0: right, there you go. It's time to move on to the next topic. We're going to talk about Pokemon Go. Matt, right off the top, can you think of any story ever related to video games that it was this big?
1: No. Ever. I have never seen the culture change like this overnight on almost anything. I frankly.
0: am completely... I mean, not
1: in a positive way. Blo- yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Blown away, flabbergasted, taken aback, shocked. mm I mean, it is amazing. Like, I had a friend in town for a couple days from the East Coast. This guy does not play any video games. Hasn't played video games since, like, the 16-bit era. Like, when he was a little kid playing Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Everyone Everyone's playing is again. playing Pokemon Go. I have never even the Wii cannot touch this. No. I mean, it's not even in the same I mean, league.
1: There are there are signs like the digital signs on the freeway that say don't Pokemon Go and drive.
0: Yeah. There are usually it says like don't drink and right. drive.
1: Or like you know, or there's like an Amber Alert, or or right, like a, yeah. like a click-it or ticket kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But it's like no, all the signs on like the ten are like, hey, stop playing Pokemon Go and watch the damn road. Yeah, it's, I'm just well, like, because that is people crazy. like
0: I don't know if you saw the one video we curated on Sifted where a guy just flat out runs into a cop car. Oh yeah, I mean the the, the amount of crazy stories around this game it is mind-boggling. Every day, like we've stopped curating Pokemon Go cultural stories because after like a week and a half or two weeks, there's been like 30 of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't know if we've ever had a game on Sifted that had more stories added to it in a short period of time than Pokemon Go. Because yeah. well, I mean- it just, com- I mean, we just stopped. Like, the stories are just, once it got to like the cop car getting smashed by the dude driving it going like <laughs> 40 miles an hour, it's kind of hard to top that. They found like two dead bodies now at this point. <laughs> they caught one guy trying to like kidnap a kid. I mean, it is just.
1: Yeah, two guys like found a wanted murderer. Yeah. Like, it's, it's great. And like, I'll tell you, like, I've lived near the La Brea tar pits for like the whole 12 years we've lived, we've lived, been down here since we moved for G4. And I've, you know, I go out, there's a lot, there's a ton of Pokestops in, in the tar pits. And I have never seen that place as crowded as it is now. La Brea. It's, it's, it's just full of people looking at their phones. And it's all people like, you know, this lure. Last night, before I went to bed, around 3 in the morning, I loaded up Pokemon Go just to look. There were three Pokemon lures active in the middle of Le, the La Tar Pits. That's a trap, yeah, people. Yeah, that, like that is, yeah. Nothing good happens in a park in Los Angeles after 2 in the morning. Trust Any me. park No. after it, 2 a.m. But I'm just like, man, and it was part of me that's like, if I go there, who knows? Like, it's, I'm taking it's, a knife. Yeah, <laughs> at it, least it was. I mean, like three lures up in the middle of the of the La Brea tar pits. How three did they the even m- get in there? I don't know. Who knows? It is crazy, dude. Like everywhere you go,
0: it's just people yeah. playing. Like signs and all
1: the businesses. Everybody. I was got- at
0: Venice Beach. You're sitting on the beach. Everybody on yeah. their cell phones doing it. Their- That's how you know they're playing. Yeah. Yeah, when them when, the, see, when like, they're two, looking at the phone it's moving yeah. around.
1: Or if you just see like two or two or more people together walking, but they're both looking at the phone like yeah, you, yeah. and not talking to each other. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're looking like at Pokemon. Go. And like and like you'll see people like we've been watching walking by like anyone. And you know, every every kind of person, every color, every every style, every interest, every age. Like you just walk by by them like, and they're like, You plan? And like, that's it. It's like, yeah, you playing? Like, it, it, and the answer is always yes.
0: It is. You know what? It's amazing, too, when you get you have that look. Yeah. It's like people look at you. You're holding your cell phone up. And they give you that look of, mm-hmm. oh, I know you what you're doing. It? And you know what I'm doing. Yep. Like, I went and got my car washed. And I'm sitting outside the car wash waiting for them to finish or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is how I play Pokemon Go. I don't actually, like, actively play it. Like, I just play it when I have a couple dead minutes here Mm -hmm. and there. That's kind of how I do mobile gaming, period. So I look through the, you know, there's a Pokemon in the parking lot of the the car wash. I catch that Pokemon. I look on the map. There's, like, a couple spots, like, right down the street. So I start walking. Sure enough, I start looking down the corner. There's a church there. There's, like, ten people standing in front of the church, all holding their cell phones up. I look across the street from the church. There's a fountain there. In front of the fountain, there's like 15 people standing Mm -hmm. there. It's and they're all ages, like girl, boy. None of that matters. I've never seen anything Mm -hmm. like this, man. I mean,
1: Pokemon was a big phenomenon when it first came out in '98, but that was mostly from kids. Yeah, I mean, if you were under 20, basically. But this goes. All the way oh, to the goodness. top. I mean, like I said last last time we did the show, I don't know on the way over over to the studio, I saw two women in their 60s playing it on the yeah. side, you know, waving their phone around trying to find whatever. And like that has just more and more been proven to be true as I go out. I, mean, I go out.
0: And it is look sports Most days, and start days walking doing around. Like yeah. Special things for it like.
1: And now we're you know McDonald's has the the tie-in coming up.
0: I mean Nintendo's going to make more money. Get ready for trouble and make a poke a spot. Nintendo's going to make more money off of sponsoring Mm places to say, hey, come to my store and get this rare Pokemon. Oh, yeah.
1: There's coffee shops on Wilshire. that Like, like, there's more people in these coffee shops than I've ever seen before because they're a Pokestop or they're right next to a gym and people just sit there and drink coffee and play.
0: Some of these businesses are so lucky, dude, to Mm -hmm. be in the right place, like, for this game. Like, it's crazy, man. I've never seen anything like it. Not when also, even
1: close. I saw something that calculated like like for like a restaurant of a certain like size or like you know if you if you have this many clients or this many customers per hour at this thing and you are you are a poka stop. If you manage to make your restaurant a poka stop, it costs you something like you know it's like one dollar per hour to have a lure up at all times during business hours, and that will bring in more. You know I mean? Oh, you make that dollar oh, yeah. back like, easily, so no fast. question. Yeah, and it's just like. That's amazing. Like, it's, it is. Like, it's, I mean, like it is. you might see an actual bump to the US economy from this game.
0: Well, I mean, Nintendo's stock has gone up like a high. Oh, Yeah, Man, there's nothing more frustrating than me than when I see videos game stocks do well. <laughs> like, it just drives me bonkers. Like, why didn't I see this, Matt? You and I have talked about Pokemon Go mm. ever since it was announced. We knew it was going to be huge, probably not this huge. But we knew it
1: was going to be a big oh, yeah. deal. I, I said it was going to be. I mean, I didn't know it was going to change the culture overnight. But I, told like, it was, I told you. It was why did end. I
0: not buy Nintendo stock? I, I knew it was going to happen. Like, this happens to me all the time with stocks. Like, I know a game's coming out from a publisher that I know is going to do well, and it just I just let it fly right on by. Dude, you could have doubled your money in a week buying mm-hmm. Nintendo stock. Granted, you lose half of that because of the taxes, but still, it... it bothers the crap out of me that i didn't think to like (laughs) buy nintendo stock man like i should have known this and look it'll probably gradually start coming down you know once yeah i mean it's not gonna stay crazy like this forever
1: but it does have a a pretty ridiculous retention rate it's it's a very high retention rate compared to most other like flash in the pan apps
0: i mean i honestly am so far behind. I'm only like level 7 or something like that. I've only caught like, only like 10 Pokémon. Like Sam
1: and I are level 8. We just caught a Rapidash on the on the counter here But yeah. when you, right you know we Shane went to the bathroom before the show and then Sam caught a Rapidash. I'm like, "Oh, I got to get a Rapidash. I, gotta rapid dash. I don't have a Rapidash. <laughs> I have a Ponytail, but I don't have a Rapidash." Yeah. there it was, right on the right on the counter. We caught it. And it's just like and that's like that's what this game is. It's it, I it,
0: found my wife playing it and not at my prodding. Like we'll be <laughs> sitting at dinner and she'll be checking her cell phone, and, um, and she always does it. She'll be, like, looking mm. at CNN or whatever. And she's playing Pokemon Go now. Like, mm. and I'll, I don't even know. She won't even say anything to me. Like, usually anytime she plays the game, she's like, Shane, I'm playing a video game right now. <laughs> she has to announce it and make a big deal. Like, it has just become a part of, like, what she does to the point where she doesn't even mention it to me anymore. Like, I think she's a higher level than I am at Pokemon Go. Like... I I mean, I love it. It's awesome (laughs) seeing all these people. And it's so funny, too, seeing people, like, say things that we've been saying forever. Just, like, the names of the Pokemon and, Mm. like, it's great. It's just great seeing people get into it as much into games as much as we are into Mm. games 24-7, 365. And And I hope some people will now understand, like... Where we're coming from, why we like games so much, like well,
1: especially because it, you know, the game isn't really that good. No, and but that's been the, the funny thing about it's the social reviews. Experience that it creates, right. it's that's like really watching
0: worthwhile. publications try to do the dance and trying to figure out how to review this game because they know they love it, mm-hmm. but they know really as a video game, it's terrible. Yeah. Is what well, I would say, it's terrible, but. It's just very rudimentary and very simple and there's... Mm. It is broken in
1: a lot of ways. And a lot of stuff that's not in it yet. Like, I caught caught
0: something at the beach and uh, I actually took a picture of my friend who was with me at the beach, like just, you know, using my cell phone and he was, like, in the Pokemon app. And somebody, like, responded on Facebook, oh my god, I haven't even seen that Pokemon yet. Well, sadly, like, as soon as I caught it, the app crashed and Mm. I never, like, kept the Pokemon. Oh, it crashes
1: constantly. Yeah,
0: like, it does all the time, like... You know, if we look at this game on the standards we look at most games, it's not a good game. No, it's really not. It's and
1: especially been, if you compare I, it to just normal Pokemon. I wouldn't games. even say it particularly qualifies as a 1.0 No, version. I mean
0: it's. I mean not not out, of,
1: out of ten. I'm saying like like it feels like a beta. Yeah, yeah. You know, it right. really oh, feels gotcha, like gotcha. an early version of something. It
0: does. It feels like it shouldn't be out yet. But you know what? What's out there is plenty good enough for most Apparently people. Apparently so. Man. I mean, like, well,
1: the experience it creates is more than the sum of its part frankly yeah um so it's like it's weird because like in the end it was kind of a bad choice for my fantasy team it's yeah. like it, you know if we're if we're picking fantasy teams in terms of phenomenon oh, sure you just but, won. I, yeah. but you know but like metacritic is kind of i mean it's going to be like in the mid-60s if it's lucky i know point.
0: most of the reviews i've seen have been anywhere from like actually i think destructoid hammered it like pretty good i think destructoid yeah. gave it like a three or something but most of them have been in like the five six seven range I don't even know if I can say if I agree or disagree with it. One, I haven't gotten far enough into it. Like, I'm not even into, like, the meta part of Pokemon Go Mm -hmm. yet. I'm still in the, like, I need to, like, capture enough Pokemon so that I can actually, like, go to Pokemon Gym stage. (laughs) Like, I haven't, like, some of the the stuff you guys were talking about before we started taping the show, I don't even know what you're talking about. You're talking about, like, throwing Pokemon into a grinder to get candy or something. I'm like, what's that? (laughs) Like, I don't even know, like. But you know the fact regardless of how much I like it or dislike it or how much I play it or don't play it I love it because mm. it is it, it is making people see why we love this industry so much and why we're so passionate and it's good for me like for my family like you know a lot of people in my family are like dude he's look at him he's should he be doing this at his age like why is he, does he love video games so much shouldn't he have given that up when he was like 15 or 16 or whatever A lot of those people are starting to understand now, Mm. like why I love what I do and why I love games. And so just on that very base level, like I just really appreciate this video game. It is so rewarding for me to see people that I love and care about enjoying my hobby as much as I do. Like finally.
1: And the nature of the game so
0: many times. I'm like, try this game, try that game, and they'll play it for a day and be like, It's not for me, or I liked it at first but it got too hard, or whatever. Like everyone's sticking with this now.
1: Well, then the nature of the game is a social experience, which is like, that's what you come back to to games a lot for, is because, you know, in the end, yeah, we have fun playing the game, but we also have fun talking to each other about the game, playing the game with each other. They're understanding that, too. And it's like, this is like, I mean, it's a very rudimentary experience, but it's like it gives you the taste of what that's like in a very accessible way that it's like, it's like, yes, that's why we keep doing this. If yeah. it was all me by myself, I would probably not still be into it. Yeah. Because so many, I mean, probably 80% of my friends in my life come from bonding over, like, what we games, do in video yeah. games and how that we like playing them with each other or independently and having opinions about them. Like, that is, it, it, you know, it's, it's it's a, I don't want to say it's a gateway game, but it's like... It's a glimpse into a world that a lot of these people have never experienced before. But they're getting it now. Yeah, they get it now. understand.
0: They're like, even Michelle's like, I can understand now, like, when I go to bed and you stay up and play. Mm -hmm. Because she's like, sometimes I'll go to bed and I'll play Pokemon Go, like, before I go to sleep. And she's like, all these times that I remember seeing you on the couch and I'd say goodnight to you. And you'd be like, oh, I need to play this game for another two hours. And I thought you were crazy. Hmm. She's like, now I'm starting to get it. And that, to me, is invaluable. Just having people like understand me for once, instead of them looking at me like I'm some kook, for lack of a better term. <laughs> like, A lot of people are starting to get it. And you know what's going to happen is some of these people are going to pick up Pokemon Sun and Moon yeah. when it comes out at the end of the year. And then they're going to see what the real Pokemon experience is like. And maybe Pokemon Go becomes this gateway... To get people into more serious games, more involved games. And no matter what, this is just great for the industry. And I can't wait to see all the clones are going to come. I mean, what? there are going to be so many Pokemon like, how, clones. Like,
1: how easy is that going to be if you don't have access to, like, you know... Niantic's data. Niantic's, like, like Google Maps data, basically. That made a
0: huge difference, them having ingress before. Yeah. Because they knew everything. They knew where people went. They knew what the big landmarks were, where mm. people organically gather...
1: Well they're all so they had equivalent. all that data they're, they're all the same. You know, like all the every pokestop and gym has an equivalent in ingress. Right. So which is why Right, but I'm saying they right. learned
0: through ingress what should be included in Pokémon. Well also they basically
1: now. just had to reskin it. Yeah. You know, it probably saved a lot of effort. Um especially cuz you can also crowdsource it in right. terms of like you know, there's a picture of every pokestop and that usually comes from the community. Yeah. And it's also because you know because it was part of the story in ingress that like churches were like a place of power sort of thing. That's why there's so many churches, Pokestops. Nintendo's not trying to get you to go back to church. It's it's just like, it just happened to work out. that like, that's, you know, it's also like, it's a really good gathering point. It is. uh, Like, it makes sense. You know, I'm sure Pokemon Go is played a lot on Sundays. Yeah, I'm sure it is.
0: (laughs) If I was there, I'd definitely (laughs) be playing it. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I say this is the last time we'll talk about it. I really don't know that for a fact. Because, this thing just generates stories Mm -hmm. like constantly and a lot of the cultural stuff like you can only hear about so many crimes being solved by pokemon go before no one really cares anymore or how many cars are going to crash or how many dead bodies are found
1: well it's also kind of a function of like how many people are playing it of course that stuff's going to happen to one or two out of like how many millions Millions of people are doing this yeah it's just it's inevitable
0: yeah and I wonder too if when those stories stop being reported on because eventually people are going to tire of reading them or mm. seeing them on the news how that affects the game's participation. Well, I'm interested if people no longer feel like it's this cultural lexicon type thing, will they be as motivated to Well, I'm interested be a to see what
1: happens when they update it to include trading. Yeah. Because there's all of a sudden another way to interact with the other people playing it. Yeah. And if that becomes a whole and it's also a way to you know fill out your pokédex. Um, so, like, I can see that becoming, like, a new, like, kind of Trading resurgence is the backbone again. of Pokemon. Oh, yeah. I mean, it
0: really is. Oh,
1: yeah. I um, mean,
0: you're never going to catch them all. The one person did catch and them if all you, already. Well,
1: and if you already, if you suddenly have a situation where not only can you say, like, hey, are you playing? Yeah, have you seen anything good? Oh, there's an Onyx over by the drinking fountain. Like, and th- what well, if you add that other level of, like, is there anything you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. And, like, you can kind of negotiate that yeah. trade. Like, that gives you a whole other reason to talk to people.
0: It really does. Like,
1: that changes the game tremendously. So I'm interested to see what happens when that update happens.
0: Yep. So I knew this game was going to be big. I seriously never dreamed it would be this big. Like, not well, I anybody huge. Did. I mean, I don't think there's any way Nintendo... The, the I, didn't expect, part about I didn't
1: expect it to cross age lines the way it does.
0: Yeah. The irony about it is that Apple will make more money off Pokemon yeah. Go than Nintendo. <laughs>
1: Oh, Apple must be thrilled.
0: Well, Apple, they said, will make $3 billion in the next three years on this game. Just from skimming the 30% off the top. It's crazy. Oh, man. So, don't want to spend too much more time on this. Obviously, if you guys haven't played it yet, Japan still doesn't have it, by the way. No. Isn't that bizarre? That's but, where the beta test started. That's where the game comes from.
1: Has there been a reason given for that?
0: They just, for whatever reason, it was lower on the list, and because of all the server issues it has, every mm-hmm. time it rolls out a new territory, it just it keeps getting pushed again. back. Yeah. Yep. So. Sorry, I know we definitely have some uh, Sifted users in, J- in Japan, sorry For you guys, I it's know not it's not even that
1: big Country, it's like, and yeah. they've got great infrastructure and They have great like, wireless be,
0: yeah. and everything So yeah, but uh, soon enough It probably should be coming, it's pretty much everywhere else At this point, it's all over Europe and everywhere else yeah, So
1: just slow, it, slow rolling out in Asia
0: Hope you guys are having the same experience as we are To me it's really heartwarming and encouraging yeah. To see the general population Embrace a video mm. game And they no just... matter what they want to call it did you see it's that, a freaking video Did game.
1: you see that thing where like it was uh, there's some, I don't remember what city it was but it, it was like the city was like started to rent it was a shelter, it was a dog shelter and they started to offer to rent out like their shelter dogs for people to walk to have an excuse <laughs> to, to
2: play be playing Pokemon that. Go. <laughs>
1: and they ran out of dogs. What? And like people would like see the dogs out in the street and ask people, "Oh, is that your dog?" Like, "No, I'm I wa- I got it from a shelter because I'm walking a dog." And like they would take pictures of the dog and then ask the shelter, "Is this dog available? Can I and so they have adopted dog. The- there wow. were people who rented the dogs and came back and said, "This dog I'm and I like really bonded, so I'm just going to I'm going to keep the dog." Wow. They have made so much money renting dogs to Pokemon Go players, they were able to drop adoption fees.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So like this thing just keeps like Finding doing new ways to good. give. Yeah, doing good. I mean, there's been some bad, but for the most part, it's been yeah. good. Yeah. And you see
1: people like, you know, people are like making an effort to go to like children's hospitals and drop lures. Yeah. so So like kids that can, can't leave their beds or can't leave the hospital can, catch, them, can yeah. catch Pokemon that way. You, like there's people, I've seen people out on Wilshire, you know, like walking around where, I, where kids are all like doing stuff and like they, they aren't allowed to buy stuff on the app because their parents control the thing. So like I've seen adults be like, oh, I'll just throw, I'll buy a lure and throw it up so you guys can catch them. So it's like, yeah, like the it, it's there's a lot of nice
0: it is showing things the good happening. in people in a time where it seems like all we hear about mm-hmm. is the bad
1: or the guy who uh, who he was in a I saw, I saw it on Instagram he was like he has two buttons and he's got a button for Team Mystic and he's like I, this kid was handing out buttons and he's like he's like who's which one are you I'm like I'm I'm Team Blue I'm Team Mystic and he's like, he gave him a Team Mystic button and then he gave him a button that has all three colors on it like a little like mini rainbow uh-huh. and he says that's for your team, and that's so we all remember that we're all still friends. Uh. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah! Like, like this yeah. is like a giant Hallmark card really in video is. game. <laughs> what is going on? It's
0: really great, people. Uh, yeah, I mean, I w- one thing I would say is that if, like, you want to play this game like you played other Pokemon games, you're going to be really disappointed. Like, sitting in your apartment or your house, like...
1: No, you're going to have to go out.
0: You're going to catch one or two Pokemon, and that's pretty much it. Pokemon, you're, not, go you're outside. never going yeah. to get it unless you actually leave your house to play it. So, if you're the type who never leaves the house, and I'm not going to pass any judgments or anything.
1: But a lot of people that never leave the house are leaving the house to do you're this. Right. and, it's, and it's, You're absolutely you know, right. People saying it's like the best thing for their depression they've had in years yeah. and stuff.
0: And the good thing, too, is it's free. So just try yeah. it. If you don't like it,
1: who cares? Right. Whatever you didn't pay anything for it. Just like we used to say about that uh, what was that that game uh, Rune, Runescape or Rune, Rune something. It was like a, like a kind of an MMO back in the day. It was like a free to play uh, thing, yeah. and people would constantly email XPlay asking us to review it, and we're like, why? Yeah. Just play it. <laughs> it's, it's free. free. You, you try decide it for yourself.
0: You know, like... Yeah, it is weird reviewing free to play <laughs> games. It's like just decide for yourself. Give it a shot. Why not, There's really no man. reason. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how this evolves. Right yeah. now, it's the hype. Huh? It's like all the <laughs> hype and everything, and everyone's. Mm-hmm. It's like that shiny new toy. Uh, but how this game matures ultimately will either pay big dividends for Nintendo or show it how it needs to handle its mobile games in the future, as far as rolling out new features. And mm-hmm. the other part too will be, you know, how deep do you want the game to get? Because if you get if it becomes too complicated, does it turn off all these casual people who are playing it? I don't know. It's an interesting experiment, but uh, so far so good for yeah. Nintendo and Niantic. Lucrative man. experiment. Yeah, yeah, they're making money by the bushels, and Nintendo could use that right now with the way the Wii U is going and the 3DS for that matter. So.
1: Yeah. Also, uh, imagine if they use this as like as some kind of tie-in or marketing push or like ad push with the NX. Yeah. I mean, the number of eyeballs that you can suddenly now make aware that the NX is coming out—yeah, crazy.
0: Well, Ubisoft also said this week that they think they saw the NX and they said they think the NX is great. And here's the caveat: it thinks that it will pull in casual players. Mm. So, how do you take that? It could—if it's look—if it's Pokemon Go type <laughs> yeah. bringing casual players, I'm all for it. If it's it's a bunch of mobile games that appear in real simple games and there's like one analog stick and two buttons. Yee. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Hopefully we'll see fairly soon. We shouldn't have to wait too much yeah.
0: longer, man. Holy cow. You would think that like any day now we should find out what the NX is. So but,
1: but we know when we're not gonna find out, it sounds like yeah. in, our, in our next topic.
0: Yep. That's absolutely right. Nice segue. So <laughs> Gamescom has really risen over the last like 3 or 4 years huge to become bigger than E3 mm-hmm. on pretty much any scale that you want to measure it on attendees yes announcements yes well close yeah. on announcements
1: par yeah. on par
0: games shown for the players to play dominant variety of games dominant I mean, it is pretty much taken over as the world's biggest video game convention. Except this year. Hmm. So, last year, we already know, Sony pulled out of Gamescom, did not do a press conference. It was there, just didn't do a press conference. It ended up doing something big at Paris Games Week instead. Xbox was at Gamescom last year. This year, neither Microsoft nor Sony Will have a, a press conference at Gamescom. Matt, what do you think this means? Um,
1: it means they got nothing else to say.
0: You think? I guess. I mean,
1: they're going to show what they showed at E3. And, remember, uh, we, we were talking after
0: E3 when they didn't show Neo. Mm-hmm. That oh, well, they're saving it for Gamescom.
1: I think Neo is uh, going to end up later than we think.
0: I don't know. Like you're starting to like some uh, reports came out from AMD today, talking about the new consoles and saying how they expect them them to have a great Q3. Mm. Meaning you know they're a part supplier. Oh,
1: PlayStation Neo. When you said that, I thought of the game Neo. No, uh huh?
0: <laughs> no, PlayStation Neo, the hardware.
1: I don't know. I I kind of expect that to be somewhere along this alongside PSVR, frankly.
0: Well, that PS com- PSVR comes out October.
1: Yeah. So I saw the rumor. What do it, you like, think
0: Gamescom would be the perfect place to show Neo? It's two months before PlayStation VR comes out. So does that mean now that Neo we're not going to see it until after PlayStation VR comes out? Because it seems to me that the most logical assumption and assumptions, you know how those are, would be that you know, you'd know you want to release some more powerful hardware when you put out your head-mounted VR display so that it, people have the opportunity to have as pure and good an experience as possible on right. PlayStation VR. That would make sense to me. If they do not show it, though, at Gamescom, I mean, the chances of it coming out in time for PlayStation yeah. VR are
1: pretty much slim to none. Unless we're, unless we're saving it for TGS, which seems like it doesn't make any sense. That just doesn't really. happen anymore. No, because yeah. TGS isn't really about that anymore.
0: I, I can't remember the last time hardware was unveiled at TGS the Wii, really. It's the last thing I can think of. And, they,
1: and that wasn't even related to TGS. That wasn't even
0: TGS. That they was just, like Nintendo during the week.
1: To, yeah, Nintendo had an event that same week because everybody was in town and they showed right. the, the, when it was still called the Revolution they showed the controller for the first right. time.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I am
1: thinking Neo. So that was 11 years ago. So was it? Just, done five. yeah. So the cow. system came out in 06. Oh that's
0: pretty mind-blowing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> At least for me, it is. So what is this? What is this going to do for Gamescom? I mean, I can say personally that I have a lot less interest in Gamescom, and I'm also, and again, you know, the assumptions and all that. I'm also assuming that you know there probably aren't going to be that many stories coming out of Gamescom this year. Maybe not. I mean, generally, most of the announcements come from the press conferences, and it, 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 when you at least have Microsoft there or Sony, either or. There's an opportunity for the third parties to have a platform to announce something big. But when you have neither, there's no platform anymore. Mm -hmm. So do you, if you're a third party, do you pull that back and wait for some other, wait for PSX or Paris Games Week or whatever (laughs) Sony ends up putting all its, whatever basket Sony ends up putting all its eggs in, like Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. Do you wait for that? Does Gamescom just become like E3-2 at this point?
1: Maybe. I mean, maybe they're just not ready to have the public with their hands on it yet. Like, I don't know. I I mean,
0: look, I'm not even just talking about Neo. I mean, obviously that's part of the conversation. I'm just saying in general, as far as any kind of announcements, if you don't have those press conferences there, is there enough incentive for these third-party publishers to announce something at the show?
1: Maybe not. I mean, maybe Gamescom just becomes... Hey, the, the general public can finally play what they showed at E3.
0: Yeah, like the public E3. Mm-hmm. But then what happens when the E3 becomes the public E3, which I think is going to happen next year?
1: I think that's a ways out. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think at best you're going to get a slightly better version of what that E3 live thing was. Live or whatever it was, was. Yeah. Which is never. I mean, the pub- It's going to take a lot, a pretty big sea change for the for the publishers to be okay with the general public having their hands on a lot of those games. You know, because you, you kind of try to... you know Obviously, they try to polish them as much as they can, but you want you don't want just, like, Johnny Average sort of, like, touching these things and being like, ah, oh, it didn't work. It was garbage. You know?
0: I, I, you know what? I would disagree with that, though, Matt, because in today's day and age, with all the betas and the alphas mm-hmm. that they just let general people be become a part of, I think publishers have learned that, like, the general public's pretty smart when it comes to that stuff. Mm-hmm. like And accepting of, yeah, this isn't done... There's I some think bugs here and there. I think that's
1: an, uh, a good argument to be made but at the same time um, I, I don't know I wonder how aware of that the people who are really calling the shots are you know like you you've still, it's it's like people who wonder like who the hell is still making the decision to advertise on late night variety shows it's like who thinks those are still like you know Uh, viable in terms of that, it's like, well, that's conventional wisdom for a certain generation.
0: Are you talking about, like, the Tonight Show and stuff like that? You don't think it's wise to advertise on those shows? Uh,
1: I think that they're self-perpetuating at this point, and I don't really know, like, you know, like, Colbert's having trouble in that regard, um, just because he didn't really bring the same audience with him. And so, uh, and part of that is is theorized to be, like, you know, the people who are calling the money shots are basically people who are around, old enough to have been around when those shows were very big juggernauts in terms right. of, you know, pop culture, in cultural influence, you know. Uh. Um, very, fa- you know very famously, uh, the Ford Edsel uh, was known to be a... It was already not doing well, but it was known to be a bomb... When uh, Bob Hope said it looked like an it looked like an Oldsmobile sucking a lemon <laughs> on on a late show, yeah. and like it changed how the public the perceived trajectory of that model that yeah. car, yeah, and like late night stuff just doesn't have that cachet anymore. So like I think that was I, also I, an era where most people only oh, had, had three networks, had yeah. four
0: or five channels on their TV, Not even that. total. Yeah.
1: But what I'm saying is, I think you're probably right about the average you know person coming in and playing it that they're smarter than they're. I wonder if the people who make the decisions in terms of how that needs to work for E3 or for each individual publisher are in touch enough to know that that's the case. Yeah. I, uh... There's always been sort of this feeling of like, well, don't let the public touch it kind of thing you know like that i wonder how far you know i think i feel like
0: that's completely melted away it's melting
1: away a little bit in terms of ea at e3
0: it didn't have a press conference instead mm -hmm. it did the fan event where people could come in and actually play the game yeah
1: which was obviously better than ea e3 live
0: and it was way it was smart i mean right now youtube is flooded with battlefield one videos Mm -hmm. flooded because it let all those influencers come in and play it and capture not only that capture footage while they're playing the game they all leave and all go to their YouTube channels and start posting Battlefield 1 galore. And it's worked. Like, the game, I mean, you know, we, the way our back end works, we see everything coming in that all these YouTube channels are producing. And <laughs> it's just Battlefield 1, Battlefield 1, Battlefield 1. Like, literally, like, for the la- since E3, I would say Battlefield 1 has made up 30% of everything that's coming into our admin.
1: Was it going to beat Call of Duty?
0: Oh yeah, as far as like well, as far as content being put out for it, it's destroying oh, yeah. Call of Duty because Call of Duty but, still still adheres to that old mm-hmm. idea.
1: But um, do you think it's going to outsell Call of Duty?
0: No, uh, uh-uh. I don't think so. I don't even think it'll be close. To be honest with you, I think it'll still destroy. I think Battlefield One's going to do great. Yeah, but I, all after I would have said maybe, if Call of Duty hadn't had a really great E3 if what was shown of the game was kind of what we saw the first time, and people were like, oh. (laughs) But that wasn't the case. Like, pretty much everyone freaked out over what was shown of Call of Duty. So I feel like all those fans are going to buy it. I think Battlefield 1 will probably be the best-selling Battlefield ever, though. I would say that much. I mean, Battlefield 4... I don't know. It ultimately ended up being a really good shooter, but out of the gate, it was deficient in so many different er areas.
1: We'll hope that this one launches properly. Yeah I mean too. that's the
0: other thing too is that DICE it,
1: has had some rough launches
0: Yeah I mean it, not only that it could have a really crappy campaign again like Battlefield yep. 4 did Remember watching all the trailers for Battlefield 4's campaign everyone was like oh my god a whole building explodes and falls on you but then you go and play it and it's just like these dead eyed hacks like following you around <laughs> the battle So I mean they have not proven that they can make a great campaign mm. at the same time what's the relevancy of a campaign in a shooter anymore? Look at Overwatch Yeah. No campaign, nobody cares, because people get it now. They realize, like, if I can find a multiplayer shooter, I can play for a long time. Who really cares if there's a campaign? It's a nice bonus. But no matter what, I'm going to get my sixty bucks worth out of this game if I play it for two months, play multiplayer all day. So, the times they have changed a little bit, and so I do kind of feel like Gamescom bringing it back around is kind of primed to be the next E3, or what E3 should be at this point already, because all the publishers are heading that direction, and Pactor talks about it this week on Pactor Factor about EA, and how he felt like EA has a responsibility to the industry, because without the industry, there is no EA. And he felt like EA was very selfish to not do a press conference and leave the show, or to leave the show floor and do its own press conference with fans instead of being a part of E3 proper, He said it's great for them in the short term, but if you think about the long-term health of the industry, it's a bad decision because they can do great, but if everyone else isn't doing great, it doesn't matter how good EA is doing because they don't even have a platform to put their games on. So Mm. I feel like Gamescom is is in the right direction. It is what the industry is probably ultimately going to turn towards, which is why it was really shocking for me to see that neither of the big two are doing a press conference at the most important event, and by the way, neither has really announced big fan events either. Microsoft has announced a couple things. All Sony has really said is that it's just not doing a press conference at Mm. at Gamescom. So, I was really disappointed to hear this. I feel like Gamescom had all this momentum. Um, Even last year, when it was only Microsoft, I felt like it still had a lot of, you know, for a show that comes so soon after E3, I felt like it still had a lot of relevant stories and a lot of juice, and I wonder if this year, if that's going to be the case. So... I don't know. I was disappointed to hear about that, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the publishers do announce stuff on their own. They don't do that very often. Usually they wait for the big audiences, the big all the eyeballs on the big press conferences, but if they're not there and they already have their marketing strategy laid out, it may be inevitable that they would announce stuff anyway. But I would not be surprised if it really is just, if you're lucky, here's a new piece of gameplay from this game. I wouldn't even be surprised if they're just Schluffing off the same demos that they showed at E3, to be honest yeah, with you. They're still
1: recycling those, by the way.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, those publishers are still putting out content from E3 from their, like, side mm-hmm. stage or their live streams that they did. Well, it's like, also,
1: like, last year, I think, well, the the Horizon Zero Dawn demo for Gamescom was just the full demo they did behind right. closed doors at E3. Yep. You know? And it's like, if you have it built and some people, you know, the general public hasn't seen it, why not?
0: Yep. I would not be surprised. Saves right. the
1: developers some time that could be spent on the actual game.
0: That's true. We'll see. Like I said, Gamescom coming up in August, so just next month. Let's move on to the next topic. We're going to go retro for this one. Mm. So, while we were away, Nintendo announced a brand new miniature NES console. Little dinky thing that sits in your hand, comes preloaded with 30 classic games with no ability to upgrade it. You can't download more games for it at all. It is a completely closed system. First of all, Matt, did you buy it? No. You didn't? No. I thought you might just buy it as a collector. No. No? No. They're like sold out on Amazon already.
1: Yeah.
0: Like literally sold out. All their stock gone already. Most
1: of the stuff on that thing that I would want I already have on the virtual console or the actual... Game.
0: I don't think that people are um, buying this though for because they want to be able to play the games.
1: Maybe not, but also um it doesn't have Contra on it.
0: Yeah. Like that's a pretty big one. Like
1: no Contra, but it does have Super C. What's that? Yeah. No Contra, but you have the sequel on there? Like that that bothered me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why that bugged me so much. But it I mean that. it's
0: it's forty dollars, you get thirty games, you're paying a dollar per game basically. Yeah,
1: I mean it's fine. I I just I don't care. I got no more inputs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. it's cool. I mean, if if, if you're into it, great. Uh, it looks way better than like the Sega equivalents because all the Sega stuff they've done. I mean, I know that they're officially licensed, but like the, the emulation's always terrible and the sound is always wrong. I mean, I know what the Genesis sound should sound like, and even the rings on the Sonic games don't sound right on all those little like you know forty and one Genesis emu- whatever things. Like, that never, But I know Nintendo wouldn't let something like that through. Like, I'm sure this is, like, perfect emulate. It's, it's, I'm sure it's the virtual console, like, stuff just adapted. But frankly, like, I, ha- I have most of this stuff on my 3DS or my Wii U, so I don't really feel the need to, to have an extra little box that only does 30 things.
0: Yeah, I feel like Nintendo's really short-sighted on this, because it's been sitting there watching people basically I might buy create... a Super
1: Nintendo equivalent if they ever do that. Yeah. Because that's... I don't know. I'm I'm more of a Super Nintendo fan than an original NES fan.
0: Well, Nintendo's been sitting there watching all these third-rate companies create micro consoles that Mm -hmm. play Nintendo games. So it's finally decided to do it itself. I understand where the initial thought came from. It's like, wait a minute. You know, they can't make a mini NES, but we can, because right. we own the copyrights. Oh, it's a
1: cool-looking and... thing. I, I like the, the... So they're
0: like, we can immediately just eliminate that weird micro-console market that's been leeching off of us for decades now. I mean, if you go to Japan and go to, like, Super Potato, you'll see just, like, hundreds of them. Like, of these crappy consoles that have been released to play Nintendo games. So I get that part of it, but... Why would you not include the ability to download games? These games are like nothing.
1: I think that, I think it would just add enough hardware that it would make it put it over the price point of being, you know, either an impulse buy or like a little quick Christmas gift thing.
0: But you could put one gig of memory on that thing.
1: Yeah, but you'd one also gig. but you'd also have to have some kind of like Wi-Fi connected. All you need or like one
0: what? gig of flash space and an Ethernet port, or just a Wi-Fi. That's all you need! Yeah, but that
1: still raises the games, cost of the hardware.
0: I mean, dude, when you're buying an Ethernet port in bulk, you're talking about, like, 10 cents. Like, you're talking por- about Ethernet- millions and millions of them.
1: Ethernet port's pretty big on this thing. I, th- I think you'd need Wi-Fi. Well,
0: well, whatever. Whatever you put in it, I mean, even a little Wi-Fi chip, is it costs nothing. Like, it would increase your production cost, like, a dollar. Maybe. Yeah, but
1: but, okay, for physical hardware, but then you need an interface for it. You You already got
0: it all, though. You already have the Nintendo store. um, So you just... The console only links up with the part of the eShop that can buy those older games.
1: I think there's probably more to it than that um, that would impact the cost of the unit, but for whatever reason... I just find it weird, because I've
0: never seen Nintendo do something like this, where they're like, okay, we're going to put out this new piece of hardware, but that's it. Like, there's... There's no way to add to it. There's we have no. We're not putting out any new games for it. Like they've never. Nintendo's never released a closed system before. And with modern technology, the it seems watches. more absurd than ever that Nintendo would do that. Well, yeah, the Game and Watch. Yeah, they were all separate games. Mm. But they were also like, ancient. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was like when Nintendo was still figuring out whether it wanted to really dive I mean, into yeah, games.
1: Pre, I mean in the post Game Boy world. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're talking about a, a. a con- I don't know. I mean, that just seems to be that market to me. I got you know the, you you buy the thing with with 30 games or with 60 games or whatever, and like that's just what it is. It's what it, you know. It costs 40 bucks. You get your thing. You get your stuff. You play all the stuff. It's very simple, very hassle free. You don't have to worry about putting a credit card in the thing. You know, it, I I, figure, I think they're just going for simplicity.
0: I just find it really odd that Nintendo would do this. And look, obviously it's selling out, so...
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I, also, I mean, I'm, nothing's stopping me from releasing another one in a different color with a with another 30 games. Right, that's... Maybe, <laughs> maybe with Contra this time, what the hell?
0: <laughs>
1: but again, like I also, like I said... That would be I'm,
0: a really slimy strategy, by the way.
1: Well... But that's also kind of the nature of that market.
0: It is, I guess. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I will. I I probably won't get this one. I will. Pro- I would probably uh, get a uh, Super Nintendo one if the, if the if the if the games are right. Look, if you do a Super Nintendo one with Act Razor on it, I'll buy it. Yeah. With that, I'll, I'll make <laughs> you that deal, Nintendo. You put. I mean, I know that's not their game. I know it's an it was an annex well, mean, a sort of game. Well, I mean there's third party games on this. Right. If they put Actraiser on there, I will buy the Super Nintendo version. If they do it
0: would that. be really smart if Nintendo just made consoles like this that had games on it that were really hard to find.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that would probably yeah. be the smartest strategy. Well, the
1: other... The other... Who really
0: needs another Super, Super Mario Brothers? Well, like... the other
1: question of this is like in terms of like why, don't, why can't you add more games to it? It might be that you know, this kind of thing is very much a linchpin of the NX strategy, and they don't want to undermine that.
0: That would be bad. What do you mean? That you think the NX, that's what the NX is going to do? No, I
1: mean, like, being able to play retro Nintendo games will uh, be a major feature of the NX. Like, the NX, you know, they will, I think they will beef up the virtual console idea to the point of, like, hey, this is sort of, you know, the NX is a new game system, but it's also sort of like your, like your all-in-one Nintendo history box yeah. kind of thing, you know? And... You don't want to take that value away. Then by why it. put
0: this thing out at
1: all? Well, because it's just a quick one-off thing. That, but like, you know,
0: engineering—it's a quick
1: one-off. It's a it's quick not one-off thing. Quick. It costs forty bucks. It's gonna be like a big Christmas item, and everyone's gonna have a good Christmas with Nintendo games they remember from when they were kids. And then three months later, fingers crossed, a new Nintendo system's gonna come out, and everyone's gonna have that pleasant Nintendo feeling about it. I think that's, i think this is part of kind of that whole. I think there's gonna be a big push with the NX to be like, hey, remember how awesome Nintendo was. Like I think there's going to be. That's
0: what Pokemon Go is doing right absolutely. now. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I think Nintendo sees that that is the direction to go with this thing, and you have to remind people of why they love Nintendo in the first place. And I think this thing is just part of that. I think it's a really smart part of it.
0: All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about the N64. Matt, it is the 20th anniversary of the N64. Can you even believe that?
1: Mm Yes.
0: Twenty years. That was a long time ago. Twenty years of 3D games. Yeah. It's now. I mean, you know, some people would say PlayStation started 3D gaming. I would argue against that, probably.
1: I wouldn't. But
0: really? Yeah. 3D 3D console gaming
1: started in 1995 with uh, PlayStation. The PlayStation 1 and the incredibly bad idea of launching the Saturn early.
0: Yeah. I mean.
1: I mean, look, man. I, know, I struggle
0: I, to call those games 3D games. I don't know, man. They only
1: kind of worked. Super Super Mario 64 might have codified the 3D platformer, but. Uh, and GoldenEye 64 GoldenEye kind of, you know, made the console first person shooter a thing, but Jumping Flash was a PlayStation launch game. And yeah. that was both.
0: It's- yeah, but the, it's like it was so the technology was so crude, like I don't feel like it proved that it was going to be the future.
1: Oh, yeah, it did. Really? Yeah. It was just a matter of time. I mean, PlayStation 1 games I remember playing be like, these these games are not going to hold up. Like in 20 years we're going to look at these and be like, I don't even know what that is. Like I don't even know what like is that supposed to be a person? Like I don't know. Um but it was clear it's like it's just a matter of time for the hardware. Like just like VR. It's just like yeah, the hardware will get there. You know, but right now we're sort of in this like weird proto proto morph stage. Yeah. And obviously the Nintendo sixty four took it to the next level because it had I don't know if it had more yeah, it had more powerful hardware. It had yeah. more
0: powerful hardware. It did things And better
1: anti aliasing solutions.
0: It did things differently. It uses power, like you said, for anti aliasing. And so I mean, there's an argument that could be made for right. either of those consoles being more powerful. Like, the PlayStation was able to draw more polygons. Mm. The N64 was able to draw less polygons, but they looked a hell of a lot better, I guess is the best way well, to then put you, it. You
1: did end up with the kind of the Vaseline-smeared lens look on some of the lesser Nintendo 64 I think games.
0: that was the anti-aliasing, yeah. the primitive yeah. anti-aliasing yeah. technology.
1: So, you yeah, know, it was a trade-off, and, of course, obviously, you had, uh, until... Um, Oh, who figured that out? The people who did the Resident Evil 2 port to the N64 that figured the out. Audio? How, no, the um the video. They figured out how to do FMV compression in the well, cartridges. Well, that wasn't that?
0: really what it what it was. Is that those cartridges were like five times the size of any other right, cartridge? Right,
1: but they had a very specific, very specific. Was it Angel Studios? Was it whoever well, did no, that? that was... They figured out a very clever algorithm of comp- a compression thing with those. It was Factor that allowed Five.
0: It was called Musics, M-U-S-Y-X. Now that was
1: that was audio. This is this is the oh, actual. That's what you talking no, about. No, I'm talking about the FMV compression that. Oh, I, the video compression from, from like Resident, because Resident Evil, like Resident Evil 2 or whatever, on the N64 had all the FMV movies in it, and the way they were able to do that was some new compression technique they figured out that that could make it fit and without I would you know, be
0: surprised if that was factor 5 as well. It wasn't it was not factor fa- 5. It was like they were like maybe they years. became
1: factor 5 but like they were like angels the the, the the Angel
0: Studios did the baseball games the Ken Griffey games for Nintendo. That might have
1: been it. Yeah. I think that was them. I rem- I don't remember clearly but I, I remember an angel in the logo for the Resident Evil 2 port. Huh. Um, that was a big deal but until then that was one of, you know like Final Fantasy 7 being like one of the, you know, the touchstone game of that generation for the PlayStation, you know, the, one of the big big draws is the fact that you know, the commercial just showed FMV. Right. You did, You watch the commercials for Final Fantasy VII, you would have no idea what that game actually looked like.
0: Well, the F. To be fair, the FMVs in Resident Evil on N sixty four did not look good.
1: No, <laughs> they but, they, but they awful. But they got there. It was a, yeah. it was a game we never thought would be on that system, and it was on that system. Like I like we've talked before. Um, you were still in the era where, to a certain degree, you could have gotten by with just a Nintendo system for that generation.
0: Watching all this B-roll, by the way, is a trip down memory lane to when I was a <laughs> younger lad. Like, I can seriously, I think I've been able to name almost every is single Bio one. Is BioFreaks? It is, yeah. Man.
1: There's Corps. Remember when people would just make terrible fighting games as, like, a cash-in? I mean, that genre was, like, that kind of viable. So easy to make. There's
0: Blues Brothers. This is crazy watching all these body, body harvest.
1: <laughs> the game that Rockstar the game that Rockstar doesn't want you to know exists.
0: Right. That's really the first Grand Theft Auto yeah. right there. That's the
1: prototype for Grand Theft Auto by DMA Design. Yep. It's now Rockstar North. Yep. Um, yeah, that's basically GTA 64.
0: 3. It's crazy. Like the watching all these yeah. clips. There's Ken Griffey right there. <laughs> But, uh, so, let's, let's talk about the N64 a little bit, outside the context of the PlayStation. And let's talk about it more in the context of Nintendo hardware. Where would you place the N64 as far as Nintendo hardware, if you were to rank Nintendo hardware?
1: As in, like, the hardware itself or my favorite systems? Yeah, your favorite system. Um, I'd probably put it, like, number three or number four. After the Super Nintendo and the GameCube, um, yeah, I'll probably say Super Nintendo, then GameCube, then uh, N sixty-four.
0: Where'd you put the NES?
1: Probably after this Nintendo. 64. Really? I was a Sega kid, and the NES didn't um. like really turn, it really set my world on fire. It was the Super Nintendo where I thought Nintendo seriously came into its own.
0: See, I would rank them: Super Nintendo, NES. Ooh. I think I'd go N sixty four.
1: Well, one way or the other we're ranking the N sixty four number three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we just jumbled everything all around yeah. it. The N sixty four to me, I mean the GameCube was good. It was like the really the last Nintendo console that had real third party support. But the GameCube t- or the N sixty four just blew my mind, dude. Like mm-hmm. in fact, I mean, more than probably any video game console I've ever owned, except for maybe like the ColecoVision. Like the ColecoVision literally blew my mind when I was a kid because it was the first system that had arcade perfect ports at home, and that was like the measuring mm-hmm. stick back then, man. It's like, you know, trying to make a video game look at home like it did in the arcade was like a huge thing, like in the the, the first history of the early history of video games. And so the N sixty four nailing the three D man, it just it had. I mean, it's funny to say nailing the three D while watching these games, right. by the way. But uh, in in comparison to the PlayStation, like. To see what the few, what 3D could become, I guess is the best way to put it. After I had spent, you know, a year playing PlayStation games, like I, uh, I have a really big affinity in my heart. You know, and the N64 is also the first console that motivated me. They really gave me the passion to start working in games journalism and to start a website. It in the Dreamcast, um, so yeah, they definitely have special, kind of a special place in my heart. So. Probably looking at it realistically, you'd probably say the GameCube had a better software library, ultimately. Um, But there's just something about the N64. and I think another part of it, too, is that it was really the first console that got, like, multiplayer. Multiplayer Mm -hmm. was huge, man. It had four... Controller ports on the front—that's
1: a big deal. Like, yeah, I think this was the this was the system that like, convinced me that I actually did like multiplayer games besides yeah. just fighting I mean, games. playing Mario
0: Kart with four players, playing Goldeneye with four players—like that had just never happened before mm-hmm. in video games.
1: I think the main—I've played mainly Goldeneye and, um, uh, San Francisco Rush. 20, we played 2049. the
0: battle mode in Mario Kart 64, just literally. Hundreds of thousands of times, we never got tired of it. We played the same map F-Zero, every time. We Block played, 4.
1: I remember once we played F Zero. Uh, we played F Zero on the N sixty four until the sun came up.
0: Yeah, I did that a lot with this system. I literally played the living crap of my out of my N sixty four. Part of that is just never to, broke, never buckled, no. never
1: anything. Part of this was just like. Part of that was also like the time in my life it was. It was in a time where I could stay up all night playing F-Zero if I wanted with my friends. Um, There it is. There's F-Zero. Also has my favorite soccer game of all time, International Superstar Soccer 64 with the most hilarious announcer ever.
0: No, that game was amazing,
1: dude. It was also a great soccer game. Oh my god! But that announcer was like... The great thing about it, because the limited sound on the cartridge, they could only fit one reading of each country's name in it. So there were periods where like certain countries were said weird, so none of it like fit. And I remember Wales, the, for whatever reason, the announcer read Wales as Wales, and so and so it was, like at the end of the game would be it'd be like like it be like and now the score is, is like is like Wales three, and like and and, and and like poor old Wales has lost the game. And then the other great thing was England, for whatever reason. He says England as, England! So it was, it was like, today, today, today's matchup is England versus Wales. And it's just like,
2: and,
1: and there's also all these weird old things. Like one of his, his, his lines is, is, my favorite lines was every once in a while, like a couple lines would match up perfectly. And there was one where it was like, if you left the, the goal box to get, for the goalie to get the, yeah, yeah. To get the ball he would say, the goalie has come out! A brave decision by the keeper. And yeah. I'm just like, yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's the 90s, dude. I mean, that
0: that series ultimately is what became Pro Evolution Soccer. Right. I mean, that um, was like and the it was, first. And like,
1: It was a great playing soccer Oh, it was. Game. It was That's... better than
0: any FIFA. Although FIFA World Cup 98 was pretty yeah. damn good, too. But I
1: highly recommend looking that game up on YouTube or something just to hear the announcer because you know, it was just endlessly entertaining.
0: Yeah. I just have a lot of fond memories of playing the N sixty four by myself yeah. with friends. I mean, there's all those great 3D platformers that I played the living crap out of. I think the thing certainly I... deficient in a lot of genres. As yeah, well. but I
1: think the thing that I usually associate with the N sixty four is uh, is scale. Uh, for the for the first time, I would say in console gaming, scale where like you had games like uh, um, I mean, Body Harvest is example, Jet Force Gemini, but also like. Mario 64 had it, where you had these big levels you could run around yeah, in, yeah. all the rare stuff, Banjo-Kazooie, yeah. Banjo-Tooie, Donkey Kong 64, which I hated, but it still had the scale. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was just like a game, it was a system, one of the first systems that really felt like it put you in a large place to play around in. And, like, I and always of, like, that. Think about something like,
0: Banjo-Tooie, how big those levels were. Oh, that,
1: those, those levels, levels are too were too big. You I know, thought Banjo-Tooie was too big.
0: But you know what, though? Like, Body Harvest, Banjo-Tooie, really they were, like, the precursors of, like, the open world game where you just have this huge, sprawling area to to navigate in and, and take up challenges in. Like, it just it set a lot of new paradigms. Like, mm-hmm. it just in a lot of ways. The N64, I feel like, is really underappreciated. <laughs> Dark Rift. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Oh, man. Was NFL bad. Quarterback Club. I think that no, that's, that's Madden, Madden actually. But wasn't there was only one Madden ever on N64? Madden 64 yeah. was it came out the first year and it never came out again for the N64. Well, I think
1: there's still stacks of that Madden cartridge at the uh, video game store I managed in 1999. Yeah, I mean day. they never put
0: a year on it. It wasn't like it was yeah. Madden 96, it was Madden 64. Or anything. Yeah, and then Quarterback Club kind of picked up the slack from there. I mean I could just talk forever about the N64 to be honest with you. <laughs> But uh, yeah,
1: so twenty years. Yeah. I do remember that this is this is the last console that like I got as a Christmas gift as like a gift. Um, After
0: that, you could just afford it all on pretty your much. Own. Yeah. But like,
1: I you re- remember like the first year it was basically non-existent. Like finding the thing was it was like the Cabbage Patch yeah, Kid it doll. Hard. You couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. And I bought Game because it came out like what like August. Yeah, and like it came out. In and September, I, I think it was. I didn't have in the U.S. yet. And I didn't... But, like, games had come out earlier. Like, I remember games came out before the system yep. came out. And I'd bought, like, Killer Instinct Gold and, a cup, and Star Wars and, like, a couple of things in preparation for getting it for Christmas. And, like, my mom was like, I can't find it. Like, I haven't been able to find it nowhere. I paid and, more and than
0: I, retail, more than the MSRP at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. They actually jacked up wow. the price, $50, over what they're supposed to sell well, it for.
1: Well, and I didn't, So I didn't expect to get it. And then Christmas morning, I opened up my presents, and there it was. And I'm like, how? And she's like... She's so wait, like, you
0: are the N64 kid.
1: Sort of, <laughs> except that was the N64 20-year-old. Right, I mean, right. But, like, I opened, I was like, what the hell? And she's like, she's like, Toys R Us got it yesterday. Yeah. And I went over and got it Christmas Eve and found it, so you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so mom, so mom saved Christmas that year.
0: Well, I was, like, trying to run a, a website based around the N64 while I was in college, and there weren't any games coming out. So I would go... Like I was living in Philly at the time, going to school, and there was one store that actually stocked import games, but they were like insanely priced. Like I paid I don't know, like a hundred dollars for ten eighty snowboarding. I paid mm-hmm. like $100 for a hundred dollars for
1: wave race, Didn't like it rock your body. Rock rock your body.
0: It did, yeah. <laughs>
1: We think, played a lot of that. We played a lot of 1080. I think
0: well. 1080, though, I only got it, I think it only came out like a month earlier or something like that. I was just so desperate. Like, I was hopelessly hooked on the N64, man. I was just obsessed with it. Like, I just couldn't wait to play the next game for it. Like, so it got to the point, and plus I needed it for my website. Like, I was just spending insane amounts hmm. of money on these import games. I bought this one game called Sumo 64 for $85. It is the worst video game I have ever purchased with money. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible, and I paid $85 for it. It was so bad, I don't even know if I ever even wrote a review for it. Like, I seriously think that it was so bad, I just quit playing it. Hmm. Plus, it was in Japanese, and I couldn't really understand how to play it, or maybe it was just so bad, there was no good way to play it.
1: I'm trying to remember any import... I I think I had two import games. I had the original import of Smash Brothers, so I didn't want to wait. And I had the import of... um... Evangelion. There was all, yeah. There Which was, was pretty good. Was, there was another
0: was... game that I imported, Chopper Attack, Chopper, I can't remember, but it was the only N64 game that played with the D-pad and the buttons. So instead of having your hand on the analog stick, like you mm. had, like you shifted it. So your left hand was on the D-pad and your right hand was on the analog stick. Hmm. And that's how you played the game. Like there was no buttons or whatever. That's how you flew like the helicopter. Like, but I finished that in like a day. I paid like seventy or eighty dollars for that. I mean, back then, N sixty four cards were like sixty bucks anyway. Like they had they were higher priced than like typical cartridges or discs that you got for PlayStation. So I could reminisce about this system all day long, but it's time to move on. <laughs> Congratulations, Nintendo! You made a great system twenty years ago, though, and I still celebrate it to this day. Brought hours and hours. Hell, Sam is still playing his N sixty four. Is that right, Sam? Oh yeah, I have Mario Kart all the time. Sam has challenged me to Mario Kart, by the way. Toad, yeah. just just Toad. Show. Toad v Toad. Maybe
1: maybe we can do that uh, as part of the the Bloodborne live stream. <laughs> yeah at the end to make you feel better
0: no i think you probably crushed me he still plays <laughs> mario kart every day i haven't played it in like 10 years or maybe more so i mean i play the new mario karts but i haven't played mario kart 64 in mm. forever
1: well start practicing yeah
0: <laughs> all right let's move on this is a topic i think you're excited about
1: Maybe. Finally,
0: we got maybe. So finally, we got a look at Batman: A Telltale Series. <laughs> I can't really tell what the actual title of the game is because yeah,
1: I don't know. That's what uh, it was
0: at first, and then this trailer came out and they kind of mixed up the words a little bit. I'm not sure what the title is, but kind
1: of like a Batman: A Telltale Series, tale or like a tell, I don't a tell Telltale, tell, I don't even freaking know. A Telltale Tale tell, tell, told, <laughs> tell, tales, t- tailed, bat tales, woo.
0: <laughs> so. I'm surprised to hear you're a little lukewarm on this because so the first trailer of the game is unveiled you're watching it right now came out this week looks a hell of a lot like a telltale game yeah, although I would does. say it looks a little better I mean I think I actually saw like some bump mapping and some bump shading on some of the characters <laughs> and, like I mean it looks like their engine has been improved a little bit for this but it still looks like it has that same telltale formula Mm-hmm. What are your okay? What are your your concerns about the game, Matt? Based upon what you see, I just in it don't so
1: really know much about the story or who's writing it or where it's coming from. And like, obviously, that's where it's going to live or die. And I'm pretty picky about my Batman, so we'll see.
0: What did you think about the voice acting? I saw a lot of people complaining about it.
1: Uh, it's no Kevin Conroy, is it? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's okay, and you know, Telltale does have good voice directors. So, like, I'll wait until kind of the final product and see how it all kind of comes together, but you know, I mean we're coming off of you know the Arkham games with you know the best Batman ever. And I say that ever. Kevin Conroy is the best Batman in any medium ever. Yeah. Period. And um you know why would they not
0: hire him to voice this? It's
1: too expensive, probably.
0: It's Telltale. They have plenty of money.
1: And where's their new engine?
0: Well I think that they're just <laughs>
1: on such a schedule
0: that they don't have time to yeah, that's eat. possible. To completely scrap it and make a new one.
1: I don't know. Like, I just you know, I'll play it. I'm interested. But what it's...
0: was the villain that they mentioned in this trailer? I don't know. Oh, they mentioned a name I'd never yeah. heard of him before, and I wanted to ask you who he was. Maybe somebody in chat will remember.
1: I missed. I must have missed. That. They do
0: mention like a bad guy or a nemesis or something in there, and I was like, who the heck is that? I didn't even. Uh, I did not recognize the name at all. I,
1: don't know. I watched some of it. I only paid half attention to the trailer, really. It's really. Not... It's not I'm I'm a Batman. Fan. I figured you
0: sit there with your face like three inches from the screen no. watching that thing. The no, whole I, time I'm watching it tell, I think I'm wondering what you'll think
1: about it. I like Telltale games, but they don't really do much for me. Anymore. Yeah. Like I, I I generally get them for like five bucks in a Steam sale two years later. And are you gonna do that with
0: Batman though? I might. Really? I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna wait and see what reviews the first episode are. I also don't tend to buy episodic games until all the episodes are out. And yeah. the game that taught me that lesson was Kentucky Route Zero.
2: Which, the which ne- just well, put Act just 4 out, out
1: <laughs> <laughs> after posting in November. Almost done. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah I, I look forward to seeing Act 5 in 2024. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I just like to wait until the whole thing's out. I like to play them all at once. I did well, that's not a game. It's yeah. like
0: it sucks. It's like some people like to binge watch TV shows right. instead of watching them waiting a week in between And I did episodes. the same
1: thing with Life is Strange. Lesson. I didn't even play Life is Strange until like two weeks before we did our Best Of show. And I just plowed through it. So yeah. um, that's just how I prefer to do these things. Um, Will you really
0: resist with Batman, though?
1: Yeah. Probably.
0: Really, I'm surprised to hear that.
1: I, maybe I wouldn't resist if it played like an Arkham game, but I, you know, if you want to tell me like a digital story with Batman, I'm gonna. Unless people come back and be like, "Oh my God, it's the best Batman thing I've seen in forever," and I, I can't even imagine a better Batman story being told in a digital digital world. Are there no uh, rumors about that. the
0: story or anything floating out there?
1: I don't know. I haven't really been paying attention to it. Um,
0: this l- seems like something they would show at Comic Con, right?
1: Yeah, you would. Seems think. like
0: in the next couple of days, we should be getting more information about this.
1: Maybe. I mean, I would be it's surprised. The per- I
0: mean, it is con the Con. So have, <laughs> they, have they
1: said anything? Will, like, will all the whole thing be out by the end of the year? Is that because uh, the first right? September?
0: The first episode comes out in August. August. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they kept this thing under wraps, but they did the same thing with Minecraft Story Mode. I mean, they were like, "Hey, here's Minecraft Story Mode. Next episode in two weeks, and by the way, here's like the next three in like a month." Like, mm. it seems like Telltale waits till it has pretty much everything done before it announces anything.
1: Couple people backing me up in the chat, I think. There about what? Just like like Nolan Elric, you know, as long, I'm a big, big a Batman fan as anyone, and I don't much care about this Telltale game. If I want a good Batman story with no gameplay, I'll read a comic.
0: Has anybody mentioned the bad guy that they talked about?
1: No, not yet. I don't know. I don't know what the delay is. Uh, at this point.
0: Yeah, I don't see anyone mentioning it. Well, I'm not the world's biggest Batman fan. I like mm. Batman as much as yeah. any other comic book character. I like the fact if, that he's—he's he's just a dude like you and I.
1: Right. If I'll say this, if I was—if they were using the animated series actors, I would probably be on board already.
0: Really? Just from the voice actors?
1: Uh, you'll find that the Batman fandom is very loyal to those—that—that. That no, I read that. In fact, characters. someone else
0: sifted. One of the very first comments on this trailer was, "Why aren't they using the voice actors from the animated series?" So, no, I, the you're is, not alone there. And the
1: answer is because they're too expensive. Really? Yeah. For sure, especially if you want Hamill. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, they're basic. I mean, We're Hamill's there's a
0: Joker in this, though.
1: There's probably
0: a Joker. <laughs> we don't um, know for sure. But like <laughs> well, Con- right. you know,
1: Conroy is you know not cheap. He's he's you know at the very least he's he's uh, one of the upper level scale pay people. Yeah. Uh, he is Batman. He can charge whatever he wants for it, and you know, a video game is a hard piece of work to do, and I'm sure he charges. You know more probably the, and it's probably much for tell i mean telltale isn't hurting for money obviously but telltale also doesn't want to blow the bank on their voice actors they can probably find a guy who can do a decent kevin conroy-esque batman for did
0: they though you hear him in really. here really yeah that's what i'm saying they didn't like. i mean there's
1: i mean you know the there's there are dc uh animated movies with batman that don't want to pay for kevin conroy to come in they get like or they get like celebrity stand-ins basically right. and sometimes that's good sometimes it's bad And you've got The Killing Joke coming out uh, next week uh, in theaters and then, or uh, beginning of August, uh, on home video, which has Conroy and uh, Hamill as the Batman and Joker, uh, probably for the last time. Uh, Hamill's been saying he's going to retire forever, but this is, I think he couldn't resist this one because this is his favorite Batman story, favorite Joker story. And then we'll see... uh what happens after that but uh it's really gonna
0: have to do the joker once he quits
1: troy baker does a really good joker does he um, well yeah he did it in arkham origins oh
0: that's right i forgot uh, about that yeah, i mean he's right. i
1: mean you can tell it's him and not hamill yeah. hamill has a certain jenna yeah. say? joker so, say yeah. quoi. <laughs> um but like i mean troy baker is a fine joker i mean it's certainly better than a lot of other attempts they've made yeah um, so, I, not to put Tori Baker in everything ever, but like, look, the, man, the man's talented. Uh, but yeah, uh, and I, I feel like there's a contingent of Batman fans, and I am probably one of them, that uh, if you're doing any kind of video game or animated thing with Batman and you're not using the animated series cast, you're already relegated to the B tier at best. Is, is there any word
0: on who's writing
1: the script for this? I don't know. Probably, but I don't know who's, who's writing I
0: mean, it. one thing I would say about almost all Telltale games is they're pretty well written. Yeah. The voice acting can be up and down, kind of all over the place, but the script itself, it's really hard to kind of complain with the script that's written for it. So I don't even know if I would be too upset if people from Telltale are writing the script for this. I mean, I would assume that they wouldn't just jump in without doing research, and I'm sure... They have to work with DC to make sure they're not straying outside of canon and things like that. But I trust Telltale. If mm. there's one thing I trust Telltale to do, it's write a script. I don't know if necessarily trust their gameplay all that much mm-hmm. because they never really have any. I mean, that's the other part of it too. Do you want to play like, a Batman game where you just walk around and talk to
1: people? Not especially. I mean, or like do like weird little QuickTime things. Or like I just don't. I don't know how you're going to make me feel like Batman right. in this game. Right. Especially if you're not using. Not the most iconic voice actor to represent him, like
0: I don't know. We'll see. We don't have long to wait. Obviously, the game's coming out in oh, three weeks. Four weeks. Apparently,
1: this is Troy Baker doing Batman. Oh, really? Which, because he does Batman in the Lego games,
0: oh. but he did the
1: Joker in Arkham Origins. So I guess uh, Major Skittles is saying that this is uh, Troy Baker as Batman in this. What? That surprises me. I would not. I, he doesn't. He doesn't sound as good as he usually does.
0: That guy just gets work.
1: Well, he's really good. He just
0: works, like, constantly. He's really
1: good, he's really professional, and, like, he's dependable. So. I am
0: starting to get sick, though, of the same voice actors, like, in everything.
1: Well, but you didn't know that was him, did you?
0: I didn't know that was him, <laughs> but I did know that there's a character in here played by Solly from Uncharted. Right. Like, I, I know just, him right look, away. Like, can... it's so incestuous, like, the voice of voice work world. Like, there's lots of great voice actors out there. I know some of yeah. them. Like... Some of, I
1: mean, some of it comes down to agencies. If you're using a particular agency, right. you're going to get the particular group. Um See now I'm wondering if is is the Joker in this game also voiced by Troy Baker? Yeah, like <laughs> like he's like talking to himself. It's happened before. <laughs> really? Oh, plenty of times.
0: Which game did he not talk ga- to himself?
1: Not that, but other other voice actors oh, right, have done right. that. I mean, like I thought you
0: were talking about him specifically. No,
1: I don't. At least not to my knowledge. But I mean, there might be some something sometime when that happened. But like, you know. But I mean, with these
0: games, it is weird because you have to kind of shift your focus away from things you normally covet in games like. Gameplay. Graphics.
1: <laughs> Controls. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: like, I mean, I, like I, I level design. Here. I don't think this game looks very good. I
0: mean, this goes back to my whole argument about these games being games, because it gets a pass on so much stuff. It's like, you don't really have to design any levels. Like, you don't... The graphics are kind of crap. You don't have to worry about nailing gameplay. It's like, you just write a script and, like, set, you know, basically set your cameras and create your environment, and off you go. Like, I mean, in the, if you're talking about, like, difficulty in creating video games, this is probably, other than maybe a puzzle video game, the easiest video game to create. Like, you only have to concentrate on, like, a couple elements where most other games have to handle, like, ten or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even puzzle games, like the balancing part of it and the logic and the algorithms are probably harder to work on than something like this, to be honest. So, I mean, like, maybe that's the good news, is they don't have to worry about all that other stuff. They just have to worry about nailing the story and the voice acting and the Batman. And maybe that'll ultimately make it better for it.
1: I don't know. I just I mean I hope so, but I don't know. I again I don't know who's uh, writing this, and uh, maybe we'll find out this week. I know the the chat hasn't said anything about who's who's saying it, who's writing it. Um, Telltale has
0: yet to make a bad series.
1: Even Jurassic Park?
0: I never played Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park wasn't very good. That's like before Walking Dead, right? No. Jurassic Park?
1: Jurassic Park was after Walking Dead. Was pretty it? Su- pretty sure.
0: Or maybe right around the same time.
1: No, I think that was pretty well after. Really? They did that for the fr- Future was, as
0: well, right? Yeah, that was... And that was pretty good. That
1: was pretty good, but again, it wasn't great. Um, but yeah, they, they, they did
0: that, like, uh, they had, like, cartoon characters they did before The Walking Dead as well. They
1: Sam and Max. Sam and Max, yeah. Um, which was, you know, very very true to the material, yeah. I would say. Uh, Jurassic Park's the first time they tried to kind of do action-y stuff and it oh. didn't work too well. That's well. probably why it wasn't good so then. Presumably Batman will not be doing that, so that's that was the main issue there. Um I mean it's been you know, Wolf uh the Wolf Among, among Us was yeah. fine. The I um, mean, yeah, it's just it's Tales of the Borderlands. Tales of the Borderlands of is very good, Game of Thrones was good. Um it's just, I, don't, I don't. They're get... on a pretty good run, yeah. Like, as far just, as making these games. I just don't get a big charge out of their stuff for the most part because, like you say, I don't really, you know, I. If I want to get told a little episodic story, that's cool, but I don't always feel like I played a game.
0: Yeah, or you just read a comic.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, we got to move on. Right. We are running way over. That we are.
0: Yep. So we're gonna talk next about Persona Five. We talked about it on the show before. The big difference this time is that they've actually shown the game being played for extended periods of time. Did a live stream. Uh... Well, it was out
1: in like two months in Japan. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's
0: they're due to do this stuff. Yeah. Like, we will probably start seeing an avalanche of Persona 5 stuff like from here on out.
1: And but... someone was kind enough to translate it. Yes.
0: And we got the first huge chunk of gameplay, the whole entire prologue, the first 20 minutes of the game, essentially. Matt, what are your impressions of it?
1: Sure is Persona. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder how many hours it'll take before this game gets going. Yeah. Um,
0: It does start slow.
1: Yeah. I mean, they all do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Persona... Arguably, Persona 4 has a 10-hour easing-in period. Um, I mean, it looks nice. Uh, I kind of... I don't... I don't... It does that anime thing now where, like, everything sort of looks like it's Kind of hazy and bloomed out. It it, it almost looks right like when there, you what you're talking yeah about, it yeah. almost looks like when you get out of a swimming pool after being in it too yeah. long and like the chlorine is like blurred your vision. Yeah, yeah, Um, I find I find that happens all the time in a lot of these anime things these days. And like, it's like, what is everyone supposed to be in a steam room? Like, what is this? Like, why is everything so blurry? Does ever does the cameraman need, like is JJ Abrams taken over this place? What's going on? Um, I honestly
0: think, and I know people are gonna hate me for saying this. But I honestly think they should just get rid of the anime. Like, the in game graphics look so freaking good. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's no reason for them to use, like, hand drawn anime sequences it's prob- anymore.
1: I feel like it's probably um, probably faster to have some other like, an animation company doing this rather than having to spend the time in dev to. There's a it lot of real time
0: cinemas, too. There though.
1: is. But most of those, I think you'll notice, tend to be much more static than, or, than what you're seeing here.
0: Yeah.
1: But, I mean, look, the in-game visuals look, oh, they look great. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean,
0: from that does, shot, it's hard to tell that it's gone out of the anime. It
1: does do the thing that I don't really like a lot of the time, and I obviously you don't know if it's used well or not here yet, except I hate the thing that a lot of games and shows and movies do these days, where you start in, in media res. Here's what I where, hate. Like, you, it's like, where you
0: have to like wait and hit a context-sensitive yeah, button a,
1: to jump. That's very well. It's that's not going to happen very often. It's you know that's just basic JRPG thing. There you're not going to be doing platforming sections in this game. Um, but like I don't. It does this thing Are where you sure yes. <laughs> I mean you'll you'll be jumping down a ledge here and there, but it's not like you have to do any time jumping here. This is just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to describe. Like I see what they're doing here, and it's it's like, oh, you're you're doing like an action sequence, but they can't really do an this action sequence. This is so sequence.
0: dumb. Look at this.
1: Yeah, well, you can't do like any kind of twitch skill stuff in this because it's an RPG.
0: But he runs around like normally. Like you have free control over him. Like there's no reason right. you can't add a jump button and let him jump across. Well, because then you
1: could miss the jump, and then it breaks the story. Right. Like you, uh, this, is...
0: my overall impression of this whole demo is the game looks old, and I get it. A lot of people be really pissed off if they drastically change the game, but it looks a lot like a dinosaur to me, man. Like, it still has turn-based battles. Well Of course it does. Of it's course percent. it does, because it's supposed to. But that's what I'm saying. Like. When you design games because it, they're supposed to be a certain way, they're never going to change. They're never going to progress. Like,
1: well, it's progressing in the sense that I assume the combat systems will be a different like take on the material. Um, but again, you, you better have a good idea for making this series real-time if they ever do something like that. Because otherwise, you'll end up with a situation like what we're getting in uh, Final Fantasy XV. It's, not always, it's not, always, not always a positive thing. Just change for change's sake. No, you're right. But, I mean,
0: from what I can tell from this footage, the combat looks the same. Like, you have your persona, you have an item, you have your guard, your gun, and your sword.
1: Well, presumably there will be some new wrinkles to things. But, again, you're not buying the fifth game in a series to have it reinvent itself wholly. I don't don't think people would be very happy if it was a real-time action combat game in which the way you fought things completely changed and like, I mean, everybody just kind of wants more Persona looking better than it did before. Is this also on PS3?
0: Yeah, I believe it is. That might
1: be one reason why they're, you know, it's not maybe up to the snuff where we might have been expecting in that regard.
0: I think the visuals look fine, man. I love the art style. I think technically it's fine. I
1: like the UI design more than I do. Yeah, I love that too. I think it
0: looks really cool. Looks like there are dialogue trees in the game. Very simple well, ones, there's always like been, binary decisions. Yeah, there's always
1: been stuff like that. Usually they mean nothing. Yeah. It just determines what the next line that's said to you will be, and then everything yeah. goes on as normal. Um, I mean, it, look, I, it looks exactly like what I thought it would look like. I am certainly not dissuaded from playing it in any way since it's, it's shape or form. Uh, I don't like it when, when these big stories do the whole... When you do the whole thing, oh, we're going to start in the middle of the action, and then... Someone's going to ask you, like, how did you come to this part, this, this point, this and then you're going to flash back to, like, back when everything was mundane. But it's and like, before here, this section st- is self
0: section, where you're, like, tapping a button to go from cover to cover, like, I don't know. I know there are huge, huge fans of this series, and they would freak out, probably, if they changed anything, yeah, but...
1: Not really any different from Gears of War, when you think about it. Point the thing at the thing, hit the button, he runs over there. No,
0: you aren't doing anything here though. You're just literally just hitting circle to oh, yeah. go from one cover to the next.
1: But like that's not the point though. You know, it's 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 a way to kind of like get you involved in like, oh, you're involved in what's happening in this action sequence. But like you're not, it's not trying to be an action game.
0: No, I didn't say that. I just think it again. What I was saying it. It feels old. It feels like the oh, way yeah. games were made like 15 years ago.
1: But I think that's also part of the appeal of this series. Is that it, it's still, you know, like I am Setsuna. It's like it's a flashback to kind of how they used to be. There's a retro appeal to the Shin Megami Tensei games that I think. Yeah, but never what, what fully I found demanded. funny
0: about the I am Setsuna reviews and a lot of people on podcasts is that people were saying i'm very glad that this has gone back to this old school jrpg but they played it too safe aka i don't really like old school jrpgs mm. anymore i mean that's what they're kind of saying like in a veiled way well that's... without coming out and saying you know what old school jrpgs feel dated mm. well and... that's
1: the funny thing about because didn't you curate something about like the survival guide for i am satsuna or something like that it was like a Beginner's tips thing Mm, I don't know I definitely saw that today I'm pretty sure I saw it Through Sifted But it was like a It's like a Here's what you need to know If you aren't Like versed in classic JRPG lore For like If you're going to start Playing I Am Setsuna And I read Because I haven't played That game yet and I read through it, and there's a bunch of stuff it's like, oh, they brought back tents, You may remember that from this, and then you have to make sure this doesn't happen. You make sure, and there was like all these things about like, oh, this is like classic old JRPG stuff. You, have, you know, this will kill you if you don't do this right. Or you remember not to use all your items before you use the boss. You run into a save point. You got to make sure the save a save point means the boss is coming up. And I'm like, oh yeah, oh, classic. Who that doesn't sound like fun, you know? It's yeah. Just like, yeah. Because it sounds like it's a hard-as-nails, like, you know, no quarter-asked, no quarter-given JRPG experience. Yeah. And on one hand, I'm like, oh, that's a cool, like, you know, kind of nostalgic thing. And on the other hand, um, it's 3 in the afternoon, and I, have, I don't have time for that right now. Yeah, to um, your point
0: earlier about, you know... In, I don't think Persona point, 5 is going to
1: go that far in that direction. Yeah. But, like, there's, that's an appeal, I think, to the fans of the series.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think that's why they like it. But, it, like, to your point, though, about, you know, these games, people expecting them to stay the same... I mean, do you think, like, in 15 years from now, when Persona 8 or Persona 9 comes out, it's going to be just like this game? Just like it? No, I think it'll look a little better. Right. But you think <laughs> gameplay-wise, it'll be like this? I mean, I at know. some point, they have to try to change it a little bit and bring it to the modern age.
1: But this is the ver- the modern age version of this.
0: Just visually, though.
1: That's all people want. If, you en- if they enjoy the game, that's all they want. They want a good story, they want good visuals, they want... Uh, some you know some tweaks and twists on the battle system, but in general, you want a turn-based RPG that stars all these persona things in a weird situation that makes you go to school a lot.
0: <laughs> Which is apparently what I don't have schools in this though. No, I, it doesn't appear
1: to be. Well, he's I mean he's young enough to be in school, and like it, clearly after all this interrogation stuff, it flashes back to him just being on the train. Right. And I'm sure at some point he's in, they're all kids and they're all in school and they form like I don't know a rob, rob casino club at at the school and that's how this all starts i don't know
0: yeah i don't know i i I would say is after seeing this gameplay the prologue i am less excited about this game than i was and i do get it you know persona has stayed the same all this time but i really thought there might be like a little bit of a change like I mean, I look at the aesthetics of this, and I like it a lot. I love the art style and everything, but then I look at, like, I Am Setsuna, and I think I like the look of I Am Setsuna a little more.
1: Yeah, but, like, this is what Persona looks like. This is what it is. I mean, yeah. this is this is Persona. Like, yeah. if you're not into that, you're not into Persona, frankly. And I don't know, you know, we haven't seen enough of the battle system to know what the differences are in terms of, in terms of the, the, the nitty-gritty.
0: Yeah, what they've shown has been really surface.
1: Um, but that's... You know, that's part of the fun of the game It's kind of, you know, oh, this is like the first Like the last game, or the, or the last few games Are Like, oh, but this is totally different The way like, you handle personas in this regard is totally different Like, mixing this persona with this persona Gets you a totally different thing than this, you know It... it it's, it's a game that you dig into and like mess with the systems and see what you can game out of it. And, and that's, just like, that's the appeal of, the, of those games. You know, it's, it's just like, you know, they're still making Disgaea games or well, whatever. Well, that's the you appeal
0: don't... of these games to its fans.
1: Right, and that's who they make these things for. Right, they, well... Not every game has to be a 10 million seller. Like, they, they know who these, who's buying these games. They know, you know, there's tons of people that maybe would enjoy a Persona game, but will never buy it because they hate anime on site. You know, yeah. but you're never. But I, you're never I'm gonna... someone
0: who, who has played the prior games, enjoyed them. Obviously, I was never over the moon, like a lot of people are. But I would like to enjoy the game more. Like I like the aesthetic of it. I like the setting. I like the concepts behind the series.
1: Well, what do you want it to be? Like a, like a Kingdom Hearts game?
0: No, I would like it to have some more active gameplay to it instead of like everything. I mean, it's a little well, that, bit like Telltale's well, game. Well, the
1: instant you do that, I think you've alienated the fan base. I
0: mean, let's be honest. It is, even looking at the art style, it looks a lot like a Telltale game.
1: Well, that, and as far and, as I the mean, interaction, style, other yeah. than the
0: turn based combat, which isn't all that interactive either, like. It's just a 60-hour long Telltale game with turn-based battles.
1: Yeah, well, turn-based battles matter. Yeah, um, I mean, look, I spent I mean, the I don't think, first
0: I, 16 years of my life playing turn-based battles. I do battles. not want
1: to play a platforming sequence in this game. Like, I don't care. I mean, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty silly to make you press the circle button every but time to jump across just let him run across, then.
0: Don't let me do anything. Like, yeah,
1: like, I don't know what the logic is on that one. But. But.
0: And it was the same deal with the cover. At least, like I said, like it just feels old. Like, that's the type of stuff people would do in, like, the PS2-era Japanese games. Like, they're like, oh, this looks cool, so let's put it in there instead of thinking about the players, like, I don't want to do this. Like, back in the PS2 era, people were like, that does look cool. Things change. Hmm. People change. Expectations change. And it, to me, the series isn't changing at all, and I get it. It's like they're banking on hey, we have 2 million people who are going to buy this in the US, and X number of people who are going to buy it in Japan, and if we do get those people to buy it, then we'll break even, or we'll make enough money so we can make another one. But I feel like developers and publishers should be aiming higher than that. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy.
1: I, I don't... I think if you go beyond that, you're kind of betraying what the this, what this series is. Like, you might be able to make a different Shin Megami Tensei game that kind of does what you're talking about. Because there's certainly room, because Persona's a spin-off of the main series to begin with. But Persona's kind of the standard, kind of the JRPG social link-like focused, uh, you know, it it is what it is in terms of, like, focusing on the social link stuff or the turn-based kind of story-driven JRPG experience. And, like, if you want something different from that, like, I think you're you're going into a different series. I think Persona is going to be what it is.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I don't think that they're going to hear me and be like no no i I, I don't (laughs) think they are either i'm just saying like i played turn-based rpgs until i was like 15 or 16 and at a certain point the industry kind of turned the page and turned the corner and
1: this series doesn't appear to have done that so well turn-based rpgs have a place still i I yeah
0: i feel like that place though is like on a handheld and that's where they mostly have gone where you you can stop and, like, you don't, you, you, like, the handheld environment is kind of perfect for that. That's why the 3DS is just, like, frickin' flooded with them.
1: Well, I think the people who liked uh, Divinity or Original Sin and the Banner Saga and all those kinds of things would disagree with that. Because as much as I do enjoy those kind of, hand, kind of games on a handheld, like, I also like to see it when they get, like, full-on, like, console size budgets and look as good as this. Because they wouldn't look like this on a handheld. I no. oh man, maybe it could look sort of. I mean, it look Persona Four I don't Golden look pretty good on the Vita. Persona Four Golden look really good on a Vita, but then I have to play the fucking Vita. So, right. yeah. like, how about you just <laughs> let me play it on the console? You
0: know what I noticed is we were watching like the last press conference Sony had at Gamescom, and it was so long ago. It was they were still pimping the Vita. That mm-hmm. <laughs> shows you how long mm-hmm. it's been since Sony's done one. All right, it's time to move on to our trailer of the week. Get those questions in now. Uh, The Trailer of the Week isn't always going to be a trailer. Sometimes we're going to find really creative stuff that we really like made by people out in the community, and that is the case this week. Um, There were good trailers. We actually ended up running some of them in the show because we were talking about uh, the games that they are attached to. So this video, it's not even really a trailer, uh, is created by a YouTube channel called Pez. And what they've done is they've created a stop animation video using food, insects, and common household items Hmm. to recreate classic video game franchises. I've probably explained it too much. Let's just watch it. tricaster operator sam believes that in one of the shots that there may have been marijuana in one of the dump trucks
1: <laughs> might just be a case of seeing what you want to see
0: <laughs> we have to it has go been back a long and show. pause that one and see if that were the case but i didn't notice that myself but uh, i love that i love the space invaders how the leaves mm-hmm. start slowly like deteriorating just like your little like shields did in the game like Really creative stuff, man. I wish I could find people like that to make content for Sydney. Many
1: Beatles died to yeah. bring us the Space Invaders video.
0: <laughs> for sure. Okay, looks like we got some questions here. Dragon Slayer 91, no deep dive. LOL. We haven't done that since like episode 15 or not even. We haven't done a deep dive in...
1: No, Marcus era. Yeah, really. like episode yeah.
0: 15, 17, something like that. It's yeah. been a long time uh here's here's a good one murat Yomaz, matt did you try vr porn no hey would you admit it if you did
1: i would (laughs) Um, no i haven't actually done that No.
0: i would try i'm sure i'll get to it (laughs) i would i'm sure i'll get to it
1: (laughs) i do i do have on your
0: schedule i do
1: have dead or alive beach volleyball uh three there you go um so when the playstation vr comes along and they put that update in yeah i'll probably i'll probably give it a shot
0: yeah I would try it right away just to see what it's like. My girlfriend just wants to, to see what it's like. My
1: girlfriend wants to try it too. I mean, we're yeah. interested. We're, we're, DO, we're DOAB. We're going to try it fans. together. Well, that'll be that'll, that'll take a big headset.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Someone's asking a question. Oh, here we go. From Swanson, do you think the CS:GO skin gambling skin will go away anytime soon? And do you think Valve is doing enough to stop it? Uh, I think today Valve finally started doing enough to stop it. I think Valve is guilty of lethargy and kind of allowing it to go unchecked all this time because if Valve had actually been on its game it never would have got to the place it is now. If it weren't for people like Mart seeing how well these sites were doing, he never would have launched one on his own. Because let I mean let's be honest, Tmartin could launch any website he wanted and all of his subscribers are going to go and look at the website and probably use it. Like, he, he is in a very enviable position, T-Martin. I mean, first of all, he pulled all this crap, and no one cared. Hmm. Someone wrote a whole editorial about it, how pissed off they were that these people on YouTube can go and do whatever the hell they want, and no one cares. Nobody cared about T-Martin. No one cared about his lame apologies. All his fans are just sitting there just making excuses for him. It's okay, I understand he needs to make money like if he needs to he needs to do that so he can keep making his YouTube videos. Meanwhile, he's driving like a
1: supercar you know. and he has a
0: house the size of like a city block.
1: you ever heard like people like do like multi level marketing stuff yeah, like yeah. defend that yeah, exactly. like even though they're making nothing yeah, and like people above them are like raking in tens of thousands off yeah. them? like once you're invested in something like that. You, you can't see out of it.
0: Well, it's so funny, too. It's like, you know, whenever, uh, like, everything happened at GT, and I was trying to, like, get some of the folks from GT to come over and work here, and, like, I was telling people, I'm like, you subscribe, I'll spend that money to hire the people from GT. And, oh, my God, NeoGAF, you can't, <laughs> like, tell me what you're gonna do with the money and ask for the money. You're a jerk. I'm like, dude, I ain't making any money off this freaking website. And then T. Martin, like... Goes and blatantly does this crap, and his and all the people are like, "It's okay." It's like, <laughs> what is wrong with this world?
1: Win some, you lose some. Yeah, or you
0: lose a lot, and he wins them all. Like that's pretty much how Uh-oh. it's worked out. Like, but back to what I was saying. Like, if if Valve hadn't let this environment fester and become a place for prof for profits, T Martin would have never jumped in there. Like, and so they have managed to perpetuate the problem. Due to inaction. So, finally today, Valve sent cease and desist to, I think, 23 different websites. Uh, today, Twitch banned, like, one of its biggest Counter-Strike Go streamers from the service because he was in the whole lotto thing. I can't even believe there were 23 sites, by the way, Matt Kyle, wow. that were doing this. This just completely slid under my radar. Like, I had no idea what was even going on. I would and-
1: watched some videos of, you know, like, basically, like, people were, like, like I knew it existed. I knew what it was, and I seen yeah. some videos where like people would like bet like four thousand, five thousand, eight thousand dollars on one thing, and they'd lose. And like they showed that you just see them like they're they them collapse. Yeah. And, and like there was one where I remember some guy did it, and like he suddenly just lost like five thousand. His girlfriend just jumped into the frame. He's like, "Why did you do that?" And it was just like you watched a man's life. Like Van, you know, at least that week got ruined. Like right there, and it was just like. Yeah, so basically I knew of the CSGO skin betting thing because I like to watch Human Misery on YouTube, I guess would be the fair way to describe that. But the, I had no idea it was so, like, widespread in terms of, like... I thought it was, like, one site. I thought it was just, like, one thing. There 23! To tons! It was crazy! It's really unbelievable.
0: Oh, Cheater Hater, the beautiful thing about Twitch with live chat, corrections and retractions before the show is even over... Uh, the mini NES is sixty dollars, not forty. And Pokemon Go just launched in Japan two hours ago.
1: Hmm.
0: So there you go.
1: I'm surprised Thanks. We can even get on.
0: Yeah. Thanks for that cheater hater. Appreciate it. Uh. Let's see. Here's a good one from Kadaz One. If Persona Five is wrong in keeping turn-based gameplay, is Final Fantasy 7 remake wrong for replacing it? Why? No. Well, how do you answer that? <laughs> um, I think I think we
1: have I think we have to wait and see how it's received. Frankly, yeah. like if if the if the system they replace it with is good, then no. If yeah. the system they replace it with doesn't live up to how the people want to remember that game, then yes. Like, and I don't know. I don't I don't even like Final Fantasy VII. So I don't I don't really know if I'm qualified because I'm not a fan of it. So I don't know how hardcore the fan base is about don't change it, do change it. Um, but I feel like if it comes out, and you know, I certainly was not particularly enamored of the Final Fantasy 15 battle system. So I think if uh, that comes out and it feels like that, and the, I, I would not be surprised. I'm not saying it will happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. The Final Fantasy 7 fan base kind of says like, "Hey, I would have enjoyed this better if you just left it alone and get, made it prettier."
0: I will acquiesce to you a bit in saying that you know I have not enjoyed Final Fantasy as much with real-time combat as with turn-based combat. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like that's only because it's a deficiency of the games. Because they could make good r- real-time combat. That oh, would you make could. It they could do it. But will they? Right. Right. We don't know. Do you
1: trust the guys who make Persona 5 to come up with a decent ter- like action-based combat well, system? Well,
0: I feel like if they decided to go that route, then maybe they hire somebody from, like, Omega, who's worked on a bunch of Musou games. Like, you could make it happen if you mm. want to do it, is the bottom line. But you have to hire people to do it if you don't have the people in-house to make it happen. So... Kadaz, to answer your question, yeah, I think Matt's right. Like, you have to wait and see how stuff turns out. Like, if Final Fantasy VII's combat is great, I have no problem with it replacing turn-based combat. If it's terrible, then you're like, well, you might as well just use turn-based combat because this combat stinks.
1: because at least you know that works. Right,
0: yeah. And, yeah, and to Matt's point, I kind of explained, you know, how you would do that with Persona. You would just have to hire some new people if you don't have the people in-house. Lots of positive comments about the uh, trailer of the week this week. That's good to see. I was worried about not running a traditional trailer. So, if you guys are cool with it, we'll start looking for more kind of artier stuff like that in the future. It's also kind of cool to help people discover stuff through Gameface as well. You know, we did curate this to the site, but it may have been way down in your sift and you never saw it. So, Uh, you've got a question?
1: Score Fear asks, why did Nintendo stock go up so high when they have very little to do with Pokemon Go? Well, they own uh, Niantic. That's a good
0: question, though.
1: And they Also, own... if you missed
0: it earlier, I showed everyone the print that you gave me, so...
1: They own Thank Niantic, you. and they own uh, at least a control, some Something of a controlling interest in game, uh, game Freak. Um, or a Pokemon company, or whatever. Um, I think because Nintendo is the Pokemon... People, I think people. You know, people know that Nintendo is basically the overlord of, of that property.
0: Its stock went up because people don't realize that Nintendo's not the one making all the money on Pokemon mm-hmm. Go. People just look, it's Pokemon.
1: It's Nintendo. It's Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo didn't even have their logo on that. Even, game. Look,
0: even my wife, when she booted up Pokemon Go for the first time, thought she had the wrong app. Hmm. She's looking at the Niantic so logo and Nintendo. she's like what's up with this she's like you think this is a fake one and i was like no that's the real one
1: i mean nintendo has controlling ownership of a, of those companies to the point you're never going to see a pokemon game on a playstation you know it's right. just not i mean that's not how it goes so nintendo uh it is a nintendo game it's just they were pretty hands-off in the development of it in terms of theirs like okay yeah do it you know I don't think this was micromanaged by, you know... I mean, apparently Iwata did have some input in the original concept and what it should be and how it should function. Yeah. Um, but it's not like he was hands-on day in, day out. Um, I think it's fine to give Nintendo credit for for, for that to some degree. Uh, the stock price is probably just because... That's what people associate Pokemon with, and yeah. people assume that that is going to be a boost to Nintendo somehow. Really, the stock that should have gone up is Apple's.
0: You're right. Maybe it did. It, I it, even... it, well, it did actually for a couple of days. I own Apple stock. It was one of the worst decisions I ever made in my life. <laughs> I'm the only person in the world who regrets buying Apple stock.
1: When did you buy it?
0: I bought it when it was at 116 after it had come down from like 140, and I was like, "This has got to be the bottom." I'm like, "It came down so far," so I bought it at the. I thought I was buying it at the bottom. Nope. When was that? I don't know, 4 or 5 months ago. Oh, okay. Oh, it's dropped a ton. See, like I thought I I,
1: I was thinking like, you know, you know, when I was thinking about buying Apple stock, it was like 1998. Right. Back when Bef- yeah. Bef- yeah, bef- see, these be- guys are
0: all making fun of me. Thanks. Yeah. Just rub that salt in the wound. I
1: don't already feel terrible. You had to get in before You're the iMac. You're like, iPhone. oh, you bought it now? you, you had to crazy? get in before the iMac. You know, the ship has sailed, man. It's over. Like, yeah, before They're the, the most iMac.
0: profitable company in the world. Before the
1: iMac, before the iPod, before the iPhone. I don't want to hear like, you this. That's where, that's where you had to be in.
0: Uh, let's see, Unfashionable, any comments on the announced price of the Pascal Titan X being $1,200? that's a lot of money that's too much money <laughs> more money than i'll ever spend on it more money than probably anyone will ever spend on yeah, it you're
1: probably not going to sli that one no <laughs> i mean unless you're like mining for bitcoins or something like yeah this.
0: yeah that's probably the people who will buy it is people who need it for stuff like that but i mean i just think that's idiocy it's like, that's
1: just over yeah no why
0: yeah. yeah why like you could probably buy two cards that come to like and get better performance out of it anyway, and SLI them together. Uh, Let's see. Anything else? Uh, Vox 91, is there any game series that you're surprised that hasn't survived the transition from either Gen 6 to Gen 7 or Gen 7 to Gen 8? By survive, do you mean it just disappeared or that the games in the next generation stunk? Hmm. Um, I don't know that that really happens anymore Because usually what happens is The series is killed <laughs> Dead and buried On one gen And it just never comes back Like mm-hmm. dead space Like dead space,
1: the beginning of last gen Amazing, by the time you got to the end of the gen It's like a mm. dead IP Although there's rumors of a remaster But I don't know if I believe those Because EA has already said they don't do those Right
0: I mean, look, that may be one of those series, like, ten years from now, they revive mm-hmm. it when people are like, I used to like that game, yeah, and they they're gonna forget. going to be a
1: Mirror's Edge 2, I rule out nothing from right. EA being willing to right. bring back a series that they feel needs another shot.
0: I mean, Dead Space yeah. was amazing, Dead Space 2 was pretty damn good, and Dead Space 3 just completely jumped the shark. Like, yeah. giving it to another developer with a Similarly, huge Similarly, like,
1: I wouldn't mind seeing them take another shot at Lost Planet. That, another one. That's another series. It was like Last Generation, and that's that. Yeah. Part of that was because Last Generation lasted so long. Yeah. And, and you were able to get through three installments of a game series by the end of it. So
0: I mean, honestly, there are a ton of franchises. There are tons. Like, there are tons of franchises from the PlayStation mm-hmm. 2, GameCube, and Xbox era that never made it to the 360, PS3 era. And there's tons of games from Last Generation that are not going to come to this mm-hmm. one. And I think a big part of that is it just, there are nowhere near as many games being released. True. Like, the risk of, they're so risk-averse. Oh, I think there's
1: some, look, with PlayStation VR coming in, bring back Colony Wars, you jerks. Yeah, like, yeah. come on. Like, yeah. No-brainer. You need a space shooter.
2: Uh, that's, that's my
1: pick for the saddest one-generation wonder. What? The, the Colony Wars. Colony Wars got three games on the PlayStation 1 and then vanished forever. Part of that was because Cygnosis stopped being Cygnosis, but like, I missed that. You know what I would also like to play in VR? Uh, wipeout. How about a Wipeout VR? How do we do that?
0: Here's one Nolan Elric. Shane, did you have the 2600 adapter for your ColecoVision? I'm assuming that was an adapter that let you play Atari 2600 games on it, but I had yeah. like five Atari 2600s. I had like. The real one from Atari. I don't know if you remember or not, Matt, but there was, uh, like, other companies started making knockoffs of the twenty. maybe even before your time, but other companies like Sears started mm-hmm. making knockoffs of the 2600. Yeah, I remember that. Where they, like, put, like, wood paneling in a different place, but, mm-hmm. like, and for whatever reason, I ended up with, like, several of them. I think friends maybe brought them over, like, I don't know. <laughs> I
1: never wanted them back. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
0: yeah. But yeah, I didn't ha- I never had that adapter, but I had separate Atari 2600s and ColecoVisions. Um, I have my Intellivision still in its box. Swanson, damn, man, that's impressive. Mine, like, I don't have any of the slip pads for the controllers anymore. Like, those little overlays that you'd slide in over the number pad, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. And, like, one of the discs on one of my controllers is busted and doesn't work. Like, I should probably just try to find a new one somewhere. But it's not like I'd have time to play it ever. Maybe I'm going to, re- to retirement home someday. Hmm. Uh, Matt needs to make his own brand of gamer drinks. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, okay, I think that's
1: it. You know, it here's one last one. It would, it would be one. no game fuel, that's for sure.
0: Here's one last one. Gino Mike, one any predictions on release date for Red Dead 3? Any thoughts on the rumor that it was close to Sony E3 press conference, but it was removed because of the Orlando shooting? I do not believe the whole Orlando shooting thing at all.
1: No, I don't. There think...
0: were so many guns being shot at yeah. E3 in every press conference. I don't think that's true at all.
1: My only concern, I think, the only thing that would have been affected, uh, really, in terms of what they were showing, was when I remember thinking, like, I wonder if because of the city it takes place in, in terms of uh, like the focus on like kind of the youth culture. I was wondering like, if the Watch Dogs 2 demo has a shootout in a nightclub, they're going to have to change that. Yeah. But apparently it didn't they were, because the entire Watch Dogs 2 uh, demo was standing outside of a window watching a very slow drone drive to a startup. Yeah, you're right. So, <laughs> uh, no worries. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't no, have I to don't, worry
0: I... about the club scene in Red Dead 3 apparently either. <laughs> not. That's,
1: uh... Cowboy disco. But I think, um, no, I don't think I don't think that. And if it had been, like, we would have seen it by now. Like they would have gotten around, but I, hell, Rockstar, I don't think Rockstar cares. It doesn't care what happens in the rest it's of the world. It's printing
0: money off Grand Theft Auto Five
1: still, printing yeah. money. So like, will when will we see Red Dead Three? Next year. Next year? Never. Not next year. I, you know, the fact that they actually did the backwards compatibility on the Xbox One, which I have been playing by the way, and it's great.
0: It is great. Um,
1: yeah. So I yeah, I saw it, what was, it? It was Polygon did that story on the guy who did the voice and the motion capture for uh for Marston. Um I don't know. Yeah, Polygon did it. I can't remember the the guy who wrote it, but he did the whole thing cuz the guy did that that role and then vanished. And it turned out he's like from like the Midwest somewhere and like basically like that was the role he got. He'd been trying to be an actor for years and finally he just went home and has never done anything else again. And now he has like a kid and like a family and all this and it's like and he's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not cut out for, for L.A. life. Like, you know, I kept People kept lying to me, and I believed it because I was raised to believe people were honest and da-da-da-da-da. i am like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, dude. I think
0: there are a lot of people who fall into that category here in L.A. And the sad
1: thing was kind of like, dude, I think like you kind of fit in with us. Like, yeah, like, well, come it's out, like, like, bro. I don't, like, I don't hang out with like weirdo L.A. types like yeah. you would think of. He's like, like, we're all pretty honest people i like to I think
0: what you find, though, the longer you live here is that people that you didn't think were L.A. weirdo types, they are.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I think when it, done, when push comes to shove, oh, every once in a while, yeah, and the rubber hits the road. But I think we've done a decent job of weeding that out, yeah. For the most part, it's
0: disappointing sometimes when you yeah. find out. I, I mean,
1: I understand what he's saying, but it's like, dude, dude, was great. Dude took a character, that character, if you, especially like having read that article and then starting a new new game of Red Dead Redemption, like you play that and you're like, and I'm like, this character could have been the cheesiest, corniest, like. Unlikable weirdo But he made that guy so genuine And it just like He has that easy sort of Because he's from Like a rural A small town And he just like Made Marston just work Like he's so good I would hire him for my game If I was making a game I would even consider Flying him out from Wherever the hell He's living now But look up The Polygon article On the guy who Who did the voice And the motion capture For John Marston It's really fascinating Like you don't see it Very often
0: Ben Hill. Shane is a weird L.A. type. (laughs) Thanks, man. Alright, I think that's it. We have already had one hell of a long episode when we thought we had nothing to talk about, but that's just how it goes sometimes.
1: Never underestimate.
0: Yep, so thanks to everybody in Europe, as always. Thanks to Elite. Oh, Oh, wait, we do, for the first time in weeks, we do have a new Sifid Elite member. And
1: here he is. Ooh, up in your name four feet wide. That's what I'm that. saying,
0: man. when you're solo, you get you get the focus. <laughs> Diamond Noir.
1: <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Survey says
0: Welcome to the club. Thank you very much for your donation. We really appreciate it. So that's gonna do it for this week's game face. Um, again, thanks to everybody who stayed up late, even you East Coasters, where it's 10 o'clock at night right now. Or Actually, it's 1 in the morning there. It's 10 o'clock mm-hmm. here. Uh, so thanks for everyone who's sticking it out on the chat and for hanging around with us for tonight. Everyone have a great weekend. Game Face is up and out.